Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. What's up, everybody? Episode 99, and I'm back in the house. I've been out all over as far as Iowa to Massachusetts, the World Championships for Juniors and Masters, and Nick, you guys held it down fantastically. I guess I'm not needed anymore. Ben, Evan, We did our best. Yeah, it's crazy. So this episode presented by Cosmic Disc Golf. If you haven't checked them out yet, go over to CosmicDG.com and be sure to do that. Uh, Really, this is a brand to follow, so make sure you're checking them out. All right. Matt, did you say what number episode we're on? Nine. Because it's kind of, kind of a big deal. I think we're done. We're never going to hit 100. This is it, everybody. Yeah, exactly. This is the last week, folks. We have decided <laughs> to... Just kidding. We're going to keep on going. We're going to hit episode 100. Matt, you are traveling, though, next week, yeah, right? Yeah, but I thought quit while we're ahead. Just make it always hey. wanting. People oh, are like, remember know? how good Nick and Matt was? Exactly. And then, like, we just never do another one. We just finish we're gonna. Out. We're going to restart as the Evan and Ben show. And then you and I are going to be the intern and the stat mando. Yeah, we just show up every now and then. Um, for those of you listening, you don't know this, but I'm wearing glasses tonight. That's a rarity. So I'm not sure what that means. Probably that I was too busy to throw the contacts in. <laughs> but yes, I am traveling next week. I'm actually going to Lake Tahoe and I have never been there. And I asked Simon about it because I know he was there recently. And he said, Matt, be ready. That is probably one of the most beautiful places on earth I have ever been. And I'm thinking Simon's been a lot of places. So I'm excited about that. It's work travel, but I'm planning to get in a few courses while I'm there. I'm there all week. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I'm going camping. So there's two weeks again without me around. We're going to try to figure out the hundredth episode, possibly pre-recorded this week. We'll see what happens, but 100 <laughs> right around the corner, Nick. It's incredible. Yeah. Like yeah. go back, go back 90, uh, yeah. 98 episodes ago. What were we thinking? Wait. Yeah, I know, right? We have to somehow get Simon on for the 100th episode. I mean, it's just kind of at that point, we just got to beg him to come Is on. Is he we'll going to be him. at D-Glo with you? Uh, I don't know if he's playing D-Glo. I would assume he is. All right. All right. Well, but I have no idea. Welcome. I say welcome back, everybody. Yeah, welcome back. And then I feel like I'm welcomed back in a weird way. So it's been <laughs> weird being away. I did call in and crash the show that once. I don't know if I ever told you. I built that into the show so I could just like get in whenever I wanted and say, what up, boys? And it worked out perfectly. It did. Someone was saying you need to just, you know, quit the whole in-person part and stop being the or and start being a field reporter for us. Runner, you guys, I was just running around and yeah. it was hot out there and it had just rained prior, so everything's super humid. And I'm like finding just people and they're like later people are like, dude, I saw you running around just like randomly running up to people. I'm like, yeah, it was yeah. busy. All right. So a lot's going down. And I will say in person, I have to say in person. I'm so proud of my two boys for competing at the world mm -hmm. championships. Hunter made the semifinal cut, which was a big deal for him after a really, really rough start. Uh, but Tanner, I heard you guys say it on the show. I could not be more proud. That kid, And everyone's probably wondering why they're not in studio right now. They're actually out of the house. We will figure out a time. But Tanner, like, just incredible. I, like, I don't have any words to say except that after he shot seven better than everybody in one round, I was like, this kid is doing something special. And then he just went on to win by 11. Just the moment of him raising a trophy, the whole thing, world champion. The executive director of the PDGA comes up to him after, and he's just like, hey, Tanner. He's like, you are a world champion. And he's looking him in the face, and he goes, you will always be a world champion. And I'm just like, that was like a moment for me. I mean, 
and him too. But like, wow, very cool accomplishment, Tanner. Something I probably will never have. I'm like, what does it feel like? What does it feel yeah. like, buddy? So. And he got picked up on a new sponsorship. Oh my goodness, yeah. And this was before he won. Mm-hmm. So like that was cool. They saw what he was doing out in the course. They went and followed him. It's weird when you have scouts like following at such a young age. But in all seriousness, they were following us for our first round of the world championships. And I, I knew who they were because Hunter's sponsored by them. And they're like, you could just totally tell they're just watching and observing and seeing who's playing well. Mm-hmm. And then by halfway through the tournament, not tournament round, halfway through the week, hey, we want to invite him on. So that was really cool. Tanner finally, like, he's always been in his brother's shadow. Mm-hmm. like for disc golf and he's like yeah. i'm just gonna do it quietly in my own way and it's very cool so i'm really proud yeah. of him. congratulations to him so very cool well nick you're going out to deagle you're actually leaving right after this episode right yeah i'm gonna finish up i've got laundry rolling through right now i'm gonna finish up just some cleaning around the apartment clean up my car and then i'm hoping the kind of goal is 11 or 12 o'clock is when i'm probably gonna piece <laughs> so out so you're if saying I can we get could out- talk for three and a half hours Nope, no, because part of that is while laundry is finishing, hopefully take a quick power nap, you know, maybe, you know, chill out for a little bit. But the hopeful goal is 10 to 12 o'clock is kind of what I'm looking to do. Um, It's about a nine and a half hour drive through West Virginia, Ohio, up to Michigan. And then uh, more than likely, depending on when I leave, I might take a power nap somewhere. But uh, Mm. more than likely, I'm just going to drive straight out to the course and try to get a morning round in. What are those hours like for you? Like 12 hours or is it more? For driving? Yeah. Nine hours, oh, nine and a half. Okay. Yeah, you could do yeah. that. It's, yeah, it's actually, it's actually not as bad as I thought. I was expecting 12 to 14 for some reason, yeah. and then looked at it today, and it was only nine and a half with no tolls, which is also kind of nice. Wow. So D-Glow's coming up for you. That's cool. You're driving. Mm-hmm. What are you going to listen to? The Nick and Matt Show episode 99? 99 maybe no since i since <laughs> i uh, on the road three hours yeah. later nick and yeah, Nacho, since I, baby. since i do it live no i'll have on um i've actually been so i'm not really much of a podcast person but i've been trying to listen to a little bit more like sports pod like when it comes to listening it's just I'm, super funny if i'm a ho- if i'm a bad host maybe but uh for listening wise i've never like gotten really into them but yeah. i've been trying to kind of like dissect into the world of sports when it comes to like the mental side of things and then just hearing how other people do their lives you know in different sports all over the place and like a lot of them a a lot of them are like triathletes marathon runners stuff like that those are the most of the podcasts that i'm finding and then i you know i love the nba so i get to listen to a couple of the nba shows but uh now after that it'll just be some sweet music i usually put on to start out like a country playlist nice and then i'll go to a heavy metal playlist <laughs> yeah, there's a the window down a, yeah exactly there's a band i really like called opeth and a ton of their songs are eight or more minutes long and so i'll put on the live recording from the albert hall and i'll just put my phone down and it's like three and a half hours mm-hmm. of my drive just gone listening to really good music so that's uh, everyone yeah. has their own ways of handling the drive i'm re- re- yep. i'm, I'm going to talk to evan in just a second i'm recollecting on the, i think it was the last podcast episode i did here which by the way was like three weeks ago for me and for me doing 99 episodes i don't think i've gone three weeks maybe one time and it's really weird that i haven't talked disc golf like i've talked disc golf but not recorded um but nick one of the funniest moments i'm recollecting right now is hannah walking into your room there and grabbing the rug and like yeah. it was just pure 
comedy gold. People love. And then it. she left. And then she left the rug in my kitchen. <laughs> yes, so it was like I had to clean. I had to clean back up the rug that was so nicely placed right in the corner. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I think it's downstairs in the garage now. The no, no, I didn't there. put it back there. The mirror still. Yeah, the mirror still there. Someone asked me last week when I'm going to hang it up. The bottom of it is chipped up, so it's probably just going to go down into the training facility soon. Um, <laughs> he has a training not, facility. No, that's is that the old Paul? The garage. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. All right. We we did enough chatting. Let's bring Evan in. We're gonna talk to Evan and say what's up, dude. How you doing? Hey, what's up, guys? I don't know if we've left you in the cold that long before. Yeah, it's been almost ten minutes. Me just sitting here. Can't go that long without talking. <laughs> hey, I people know I'm gonna talk a lot, and then I'm gone for three weeks, and boom, I'm back. I'm sorry. Hey, what do you expect? I apologize. So, Evan, we're gonna break down the European Open, and to be clear, right now we're just breaking down more or less how it unfolded in a basic sense. The, the quick hitting, what it kind of ended up being like, all that kind of stuff. Later in the show, we're going to talk a lot of crazy things about the European Open, including Nicola Castro, the fact that we see someone named Chandler Kramer on a lead card, um, forehands, and then we're going to talk about no forehands. Like, there's a, and then besides that, all the stats that unfolded that were records for this event, including Paige Pierce, all that kind of stuff. So that's going to come up later, but go ahead and give us the uh, European Open recap as you see fit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Paige Pierce right there. Uh, I'll, let's start with that. I mean, record-breaking major for her. Uh, her 17th FPO major of her career, which is the most of all time in FPO, passing Valerie Jenkins with this event. Uh, they were both tied at 16. We were looking at it for the uh, U.S. women's. Uh, unfortunately, didn't go Paige's way. She comes back to European Open and has a comeback to win this event and with that evelina salinen was leading by eight strokes after round two she had a phenomenal round two and we'll dive into that round later but up eight strokes with 36 holes to play you would think that it was hers uh that was actually the largest uh comeback in 36 holes or fewer in a major ever for fpo uh, so congratulations to Paige. Is yep. that the way she would have wanted it to unfold? She would say no, but as far as like records go, like she's probably happy with show she can do a big comeback. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, and I that's the most that's the largest comeback of any elite or major. Uh, I said just major earlier uh, within 36 holes or fewer. The previous record was seven. So we're seeing history there. I mean, we all know Evelina Salonen uh, maybe struggling this year in the final round um, when she actually won her. Only previous major, Kona Piche in 2018. She was up by nine strokes, ended up losing eight of those and one by one, barely over Hannah Blomers. So we kind of see something similar here, unfortunately. Uh, just goes a little bit more, and Paige gets the victory. Um, as I said, Evelina Salonen, uh, it's her third major podium of her career, and it's her best elite series or major finish since her 2020 Waco win um, on the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Um, and over in MPO, we had quite the battle. Um, and I mean, that's putting it lightly, too. Uh, which <laughs> I, would, I, I was awkward. It almost feels wrong. Yeah. It almost feels wrong talking about this right now and not being able to dive like so far into We're it. Gonna. We're going to. You know gonna. what I mean? We're going to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, what a battle between Eagle McMahon and Paul Macbeth. I mean, going into this event, I think both of them were. Uh, not at what we would consider their full strength. Uh, Eagle McMahon not playing a lot of events, dealing with the injury, 
choosing not to throw forehands this event, kind of uh, testing the waters with the lefty backhand. Paul Macbeth kind of having a below average season for himself. I mean, one could say it's his worst season since maybe 2012 or 2011. Um, but of course, you know, Paul's going to show up in ma- at, at a major and especially this one where he was the five time returning reigning champ, champ. reigning champ like five mm-hmm. times in a row no one had won this event since 2011 in mpo besides him uh and we saw nothing but a battle from the start right away after round one <laughs> it was already stretching out after round two it was uh oh man i forget the it was a the long story strokes? short is nobody thought that there anybody else was really a part of it i mean you would have said mm-hmm. if anybody else wins this they had to shoot out of their minds like it was like yeah. not and then by round three it was like nope it, you don't watch anything else except who's gonna get third and who's gonna get mm-hmm. first like that's all it came mm-hmm. down to so yeah and it ended up being a 16 stroke gap between second and third place <laughs> so uh, which fun. is unbelievable uh, that's the largest gap was, ever in like a tour event i'll say including european tours not uh, majors uh, including majors. oh yeah yes. i felt like it had Every, to be like yeah. silvers up uh european kind of tours and up everything higher anything that's like a tour event that you would see this is the largest gap ever that goes back to the early days in like the 90s when i was you know like climo battling with just one other person um i mean the second highest was 99 worlds and 20, 2002 japan open which was both was a 14 stroke gap this was monumental uh insane and it's not like those were the only two good players in the field i mean we saw uh ricky wysaki finish 12th uh that broke a 21 straight top 10 streak in majors for him uh, we saw calvin heinberg finish eighth simon lazat was also outside the top 10 i think he was 16th or 17th um so we had plenty of good players it was just a battle between the two eagle man finishes with a 1074.0 event rating that's the highest ever for a major in history uh, again, another monumental achievement. Uh, Paul Macbeth was the sixth highest event rating for a loss or a non-winner um, wow. ever for an elite or major event. Um, and uh, I just absolutely incredible. Uh, I think this one goes down for the ages. If you have to tell a new follower in 2025 Hey, what was one of the best events to watch? What shows the greatness of disc golf like this? Like, especially with how much the media has grown, how many, how much the fans in Finland crushed it. There's so many fans out there. If there is an event to say, Hey, this is the pinnacle of disc golf. It might be this one. Sure. There were, you know, maybe greater performances in the past, but just putting everything together, this might be the one I pick. And we will talk more about that. That'll be a question we actually ask later. Greatest tournament yeah. of all time? I mean, people are talking really high live. it. We'll talk and break that mm-hmm. down. We've all got opinions. Um, well, that is, I think most people watch that. So to that point, people have a general understanding. They've either watched it or now they have the recap. Epic. There's a lot to talk about. As I mentioned, the disqualification in, uh, has this ever happened to a top 10 player, like at an event? Uh, in a major uh, that's something to dig into at some point but we're going to talk about a lot of things but uh let's get to this point um hemp field no not hemp field yet we do like that product though <laughs> we do like that product uh dg max wax i'm holding some in my hand and i've i've heard you guys in the previous episodes talking about it a fantastic product and it's obligatory you have to you have to smell it <laughs> 
Whoa, I'm knocking everything over on my desk. Yeah. You have to smell it, and then you get the snap stick. This is Evan's probably favorite product from them. You know it. The grip enhancement, the confidence it gives you in all these weather conditions, like it's humid and like getting almost probably storming outside right now. I reach into it regardless of rain or not, and I have a consist consistent um, enhanced grip. Um, what do you think, Nick? You've been using it still? I have. I'm running dangerously low on it right now, so I'm kind of waiting to re-up it once I get it. Okay. Um, but for how hot the last few weeks I've been here in Virginia, it's been 100 degrees multiple days. It, most of the days have been above the 90s, and the humidity is insane right now. So a birdie bag, I've been messing yes. around with a bunch of chalk bags lately, yes. and then the snapstick stuff has been a lifesaver. You're, so at Junior Worlds, um, I was concerned a little bit of like letting them like grab the DG Max Wax because they haven't been getting used to it, although I'm starting to work them into it. I said, hey, listen. I have this in my pocket. I said, if you're telling me, because here's a weird thing about juniors. It's hard for the, like my eight-year-old can communicate that like his grip feels off, but it's hard to know for him. Like, is it too dry? Is it wet? Is it like, it's hard to figure out the grip situation for a kid. Uh, but I let him know I have it and willing to try it. We also did the dry bags, like you said. So they get dry and all these things. You mix it all together. This great concoction of amazingness. Uh, definitely use the code Nick and Matt over at dgmaxwax.com. Always check out your local uh, pro shops as well. Support them there. If they're not there, ask for them. And if you buy them online, review them on Google or something else. Let them get the exposure they deserve. Fantastic product. I could not be happier with it. Again, Nick and Matt gets you a percentage off over at dgmaxwax.com. Thank you, DG Maxwax. All right. Um, we are really excited. We are planning to bring in uh, the world champion, recently crowned FPO 40, Own Scoggins. It's been a little bit coming because one, I was traveling. Two, she was doing things that were important, more important than the Nick and Matt show. And uh, But we're really excited to have her lined up now. So let's go ahead and introduce and welcome to the show Own Scoggins for the first time ever on the Nick and Matt show. How's it going, Own? Oh, hold uh, on. I am good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> we we have <laughs> we got to figure out real quick. We can hear you. This is great. Um, but Ben, I'm blaming this one on Ben. Let me fix it up here. We're gonna bring you in a way that actually works for everybody. Uh, where are we at, okay. Ben? Guest interview. All right. Interview. Nick and Matt. Something something happened here. Little, so little show dilemma. Yeah. All right. I know what happened. We're going to fix it right now. Uh, we'll just turn that on later. Okay, Ben? Okay, cool. You saw it. Okay, let's go back. Sorry. We've done this one other time, and I feel horrible. Own Scoggins, we welcome go. to the show. We're glad to have you, and we'll gift you on the second time here. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yes. Congratulations uh, on your big win recently. I guess kind of like first and foremost, how does it feel? World champion, FP40 division. How is it? I uh, feel great. You're great to call yourself, you know, two-time world champion mm -hmm. uh, of uh, FPO40. So, <laughs> yeah, does that uh, feel amazing? Yeah, yeah, and the field. I thought the field was really strong, and I know, like, th the job of us as media is sometimes to break that down. And if I thought it was a weak field, I might say so. But when you look through the competition that was there, everyone from Sarah Hokum to Jennifer Allen to um, uh, the long reigning hall of famer, uh, Juliana Corver. I mean, you had a very strong field there. How, like, do you feel like the field was strong? How did you feel going into it? Were you confident? Um, this year I am not confident oh. because 
last year we just have only Jennifer and rest uh, read uh, was that her name oh, wait, okay. that reading yes yeah. mm -hmm. so but this year we have like four more like way strong and then this year I was like man you know I'm going to get it or not you know but I was like hey you know what I I have I I need I need to do it and I, I need to go through it you know so mm -hmm. but I prepare myself a lot more than last year so um but last year I win by a lot this year I think just only like about 14 15 points only about 14 yeah <laughs> yeah last year I have over point win so that's why mm -hmm. the is harder and it's no doubt in my mind like next year it's going to be harder and harder every year from now on yeah I mean, Holly Finley, she plays really well in the woods usually. And I know your final nine was in the woods and a lot of your other rounds. I mean, it's the competition you had was really great. And the fact that you took it down, I mean, I don't even like to separate it FP40 for you. I know that's what the event was, but we also want to talk about outside of the world championships this year. And we have Stat Mando here on the show. I'm sure he could say something more eloquently than me, but this year seems to be a very standout year for you, Own. I feel like you are number seven, I believe, in the world rankings. That's both PDGA and I think UDISC makes maybe says you're eighth. But like, you are right there in the conversation with all the best players in the world, and it's not just like, oh, own might be able to do it. It's it's often own is a real conversation here. How does that make you mm -hmm. feel this year? Um, you know what, I put myself to a lot of hard work. Seen last year, and then this year I have day off much even the off season i'm always go out there and practice and i this week is the most relaxed week i <laughs> never have seen january so this week i only played two days of this golf wow that is the most relaxing like seen january i have uh so mm -hmm. i feel like the hard work i have is being paid off because I pop up here and there on the top lead card. That's all the hard work I put on is paying off. And and I know a lot of people like out there was working hard also. But somehow this year I think it's my lucky year. <laughs> Your lucky year. The lucky year. That's awesome. Spectacular. Yeah. Nick, what do you got? So uh, kind of just tell me about the differences, you know, competing, let's say at a, at a large event in the FP 40 division kind of compared to in the FPO division, you're talking about how it's kind of a lucky year for you, but at the same time, you're still very competitive in both of the divisions right now. And I would say on a pretty dominant scale in the FP 40 division, just kind of where is the mental mindset when you're kind of bouncing back and forth between events in a sense. So, uh, for the FPO field, oh my God, my, my is have to be 100% focused is I cannot do anything mistake Matt, not at all is it's no space for me to make mistake mm -hmm. but on an APO 40 field I I'm kind of more relaxing I'm kind of more <laughs> relaxing I'm kind of like not 100% Matt on that but APO you know you know we have amazing amazing player out there and I feel like it's harder for me it's so much mental game and uh it's it's sometimes it can be unhealthy for your, your your brain and your and your body because i know a lot of people when it's the big tournament like we kind of like could not sleep well or not like lost appetite here and there so it's it's a lot of mental game going on on the apo field and a lot of practice more than just compare with the 40s or 
body I'm kind of like practice here and there, but but I'm not like mm-hmm. put on hundred percent like 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 FPO feel. So but uh, and also FPO feel is so relaxing. Just so relaxing. It's more fun. You know, all lady do, you know, they they play and they'll be having fun in the same time, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh like I said, so um um I put I put a lot harder work than um on the APO field. Wow. I'm loving the energy you always bring. I'm so glad you joined the show tonight. Uh, just a few fun facts. One is, Evan, did you happen to look up the power rankings for OWN? I think uh, Stat Mando has that. Yeah, a little little tease there. Uh, that's going to be announced soon. But OWN's oh. actually sitting in fourth. Uh, oh. So, <laughs> yeah, that's just like uh, uh, 15 I think they lie. I think they lie. That's a lie. I, I don't think it does. Um, I think you've been playing incredibly well this year. Uh, also, Oh my goodness! I just set it up, but hold so on one. So that second. is Stat Mando. Uh, oh, you've probably heard about them. They're they're supporting the Disc Golf Network with all the stats. But the fact that they have a power ranking system that looks at the field, the strength of field when you're playing, and they see who's playing and when you're playing, they have a system that is ranking you as fourth. That's pretty spectacular. Oh wow! I you know what? I'm so busy. I'm not even look at how. <laughs> How, how number am uh, on for there? So thank you. Um, it feels amazing. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, really? Top four? <laughs> how, top four, top five? And, hey, I'll, top five? Uh, I'll jump in real quick to say, too, for Elite Series and Majors this yeah. year, your average round rating is 965.9. Uh, that's a 14-point bump from last year. Your top fives, you have six on the year. Uh, and compared to last year, uh, had three, which was your best for your career before then. Uh, so doubling it, uh, absolutely incredible. Um, and even like just uh, podium finishes three this year compared to one last year. Okay. So you just gave her that and she dropped out, but she's coming back. I, I, can you still hear us own? No, she can't hear us, but she's trying to get back on her, her uh, camera there. I can see she's having assistance, but I think, look at her genuine reaction. You say four, she's like, ah think so really really that's crazy so um but hey i like obviously she's she's just being kind because she you know enjoys all of her competitors she's she's uh i would say it's more of a selfless can you hear us own okay i i can hear her Mm -hmm. and she said hello and i have a feeling we can hear her but but she's not pulling up yet is she okay while we wait to see what's happening there, Ben, you can either work, type some messages to her, whatever, she's logging out again. I want to give this. I thought this was interesting, and I actually forget what her PDGA number is. Do you have it right there? What's her PDGA uh, yes. number? Uh, it's 48-something. Uh, 48-976. All right, you can hear us, own. Yes. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you for coming back. We were scared. We, we said something mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was about to say, ooh, this is so much fun going on, you know. This I, is I'm good. Like, no! So we were just giving some filler space, like because while you were trying to come back, and your PDGA number is the closest to my number that we've had for any guest. I am only 574 numbers away from you, and I did it like probably right around the same time as you. I'm 48402. And I think you're 489 wow. something, right? So yeah. Seven, six, yeah. Yeah, so we're really Boy, close there, but you are outperforming me by leaps and bounds, so congratulations <laughs> to you. <laughs> okay. You know what? I feel so bad for you guys because the man feels so much harder. Than <laughs> I feel you guys all like, God, I feel 
feel bad for you guys. Uh, that's yeah. okay. That's okay. I don't think yeah. it's the feel that's yeah. holding Matt back. But uh, <laughs> I, I was waiting for someone to say that. That's funny. Own, you are being too kind, and I really appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, you're well-rated higher than me. We don't need to talk about that. But um, so... What is it like? I feel like, is it, am I correct? This year you are touring more than even the la last year was like pandemic stuff and the year before pandemic, but are you touring more than you've ever toured before? Yeah. This year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I think last year I toured more, but this year is way more because this is my two time or uh, two year tour in a row. Um, uh, seeing I come back from 2009. Uh, so from now on I'm, I'm just going to tour like every year from now on so you guys are gonna see me out there more and hopefully um just keep uh keep practice hard and hopefully i can be up there i know it just like every year just getting harder and harder but at least i try to be top 15. <laughs> you're well, just saying, you're, you've been on the okay. tour so far you've you've increased kind of where you're at right now and like evan was saying earlier number four in the world for that and the power rankings is pretty incredible and i think one of the big things you know we ask a lot of the pros are just kind of talking about your practice regimen and we we obviously know i think we've said this before multiple times on the podcast that we arguably think you must be the number one fpo putter in the world um but kind of just talk to us about your game in general what's comfortable what's not comfortable kind of what are you working on um my game the weakness is throwing shot like i i, I not i'm not throwing far so um everybody know me about that um but the good <laughs> The good thing about my game, I can throw like backhand, sidearm, and both of them as far as, you know, they're, they're even, the even. So, mm -hmm. and, and my putting is okay, you know. Um, I'm not agree with like the, the base putting of female, no, not at all. You guys, I have, I play with so many women and they are so good putter, I swear to God. Um, <laughs> I, I can call myself probably like top eight or top 10. Wow. That for sure. That's for sure. Because I I play with uh Wari Manohano, Kristen Tata. Oh my god, they play so good. The bang, all the mm -hmm. putting. A lot of women out there they're putting so good. But mm -hmm. maybe they're not aiming much, you know. Um, so I, I wanna but top ten, yeah, top ten. Wow. Okay. Well, okay. we, we can discuss that after you leave on. I yeah. think you might be better than top <laughs> ten, but that's okay. Um, so I don't know if a lot of people know um your start in disc golf i know that i don't um when did you start disc golfing um you obviously have a great skill with it but when did you start uh 2010 2010 because i the first i came to usa is 2009 and i start to practice 2010 and on that time i was like 27 28 years old already because right now i'm 41 yeah so <laughs> and then i play i start in 2010 i play and then i took a and then i i i took a year off in 2016 no it's not a year off i i take off on 2016 and then come back again on 2019 and from 2019 until this year so i you know i have two and a half year off of this golf um, to do something else in my life, you know. So. <laughs> did you did now, you that... learn about disc golf when you came to the U.S.? Is that when you learned about disc golf your first time? 
Um, my first time is my husband. Um, he went to Laos and he met me. On that time, we was like Beyonce, and then he have a dish like pretty own one. And he he's like, "Do you see this one before?" I said, "No." And he give me like he said, yeah, "Just throw it." I'm like, "Okay," and then I throw it, and he was, "Wow, you're throwing good." <laughs> I said, "Ah, whatever." That's probably the first time I throw this in, in Laos. And then when I come back to U.S. And then the whole year, I just kind of like, you know, just explore U.S. And then we are waiting here and there. And then 2010, and then he was like, hey, you know, you want to just go exercise, like play disc golf just for fun. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. You know, first, I don't like it. Or, you know, I hate it. I hate it. I'm like, no, what is it? You know, I don't like it. I throw so many times. And then I tap in. I'm like, oh, God, seven, eight, like for one hole. But anyway, so when you more everybody everybody know how feeling when you get in you cannot get out it's so big there so yeah <laughs> thank you for nice. sharing that very yeah. cool so in the years that you took time off was it just completely not playing disc golf at all or was it just casually playing disc golf here and there but you weren't really competing too too much uh not at all i don't even touch this like i just get tired i burning out and i just not in love with this golf anymore on that time mm -hmm. i don't know why i just lost mojo of this golf. i just uh -huh. and then i just told myself i want to go do something else and so i end up went to a, a massage i i learned how to do massage for eight months at the school and then i have a um a state license and then i went to working um, I working for the two two and a half year. On that time, I was like, no disc golf for me. I'm so tired. I'm, my husband just like, I'm working Monday through Friday, right? And then my husband just like, hey, babe, you want to go play this golf? I'm like, no, leave me alone. I want to be at home. I'm tired. I don't want to do anything. It's like that for so long uh, until the COVID happened. And then everything is closed down. And then my job was closed down. Um, and then I was like, man. Now what I'm going to do? Stay at home every day, really? Like, I cannot do anything, cannot go shopping, mm -hmm. buy anything. And then he was like, hey, how about just come and play this golf again? Because we cannot do anything anyway. But this golf, we just outside. I said, well, yeah, probably smart idea, you know. And then I just start to throw again. I remember when I have a disc in my hand, I just feel like I learned how to throw again. Because it was like... Mm -hmm left to the right on to the ground on to the tree like my padding was so bad my driving was so bad like i remember i'm like oh god this is ridiculous but mm -hmm. but it's very good exercise and then now you know um kobe's not really six seven months is one year two year and then i practice more practice more i'm like eh, i think i can i can compete you know after so many practice on the COVID time and then I signed in for the first tournament is eight year safari, a San Francisco safari. So I play with Jennifer is is eight year, and then that's the first first tournament of um, I think it was like two year two and a half or something, two thousand nineteen yeah? yeah yeah. And then I and then I won, I won. I'm like oh. Hey, I won, you know. <laughs> yeah. So that's probably the big time is made me wanna come back and compete. Is that is that when Innova found you? Or how did that happen? The Innova sponsorship? How did they discover you? On that time I don't have sponsor because uh when I quit for like two and a half years, so my sponsor was like, I don't have sponsor. And 
And then we were, I was talking with Jennifer here and there. She was like, what, you don't have sponsors? No, not, not anymore, you know, because I didn't play so much. And then she was like, well, don't you like interesting about Inoa? I'm like, I don't know, they're gonna pick me because I'm not that good, you know, but she said, well, just try, you never know. Mm-hmm. And I end up with them email, you know, I send them like two time email, I believe. And then they kind of like, uh, the first time they was not respond. And then the second time, like, ah, oh, just want a reminder. Yeah, I would love to get sponsor from you guys. And then finally, they they sent me, I'm like, yeah, you know, be interesting on you, you know. And then they sponsor me. They put me on team crew, like the team, the beginning, mm-hmm. because I just come back. So I, uh, yeah, that's probably what happened when it sponsor. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I ask questions that people don't like, but I want to ask this question and it might come off that way. We heard something about the final nine at Worlds and I was just curious what happened there because we saw on the internet people were saying all different things. Can you tell us what happened there and uh, what do you feel about that? Um, it's totally just something is like misunderstood misunderstood uh here's the thing this is a real thing happened you guys are gonna hear from my mouth okay um i was so late because i haven't played this golf for so long every week every week so after semi-final round and i was like having go have lunch with my husband and then you know uh, it was so hot and humid we were dripping and then i feel like oh this is so hot i want to go back to my hotel right and I kind of like relaxed too long. <laughs> and then the, the tea time would just pop up. I'm like, oh my God, now it's tea time. So we're going to go. And then when I'm going, I just, when I arrive at the parking lot, normally the parking lot, we have no problem. Um, every, every day when we go play tournament. So we can like find some parking here and there. But that, but that final night, somehow I didn't know that's going to happen. So when we drive over there, and then they have um uh, what do you call what do you call that one really um park, parking tendon parking mm-hmm. um yep. so people work, working on parking right mm-hmm. so it was it was like three or four of them or something and I, I was like hi you know um i is uh is there any parking lot left here and then, and they was like well um you know it's it's probably full whatever and so we we want you to go park over there i'm like is there anything like can my husband just draw me up because I'm just like 30 minutes late i'm about to start in 30 minutes and they was like um we we, we don't think so we don't think so whatever i said okay um so you you go over there probably out of parking lot and me and justin was like okay and then we drive to and uh, the second parking lot is further and then when we arrive over there they said oh the parking lot is full i'm like well what are we gonna do the parking lot is full you guys can go park at cemetery. I said, uh, where can we go? And they said, well, you have to go here. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're not, we're not a local people. We don't know. I don't know where I go. It's, you cannot even put on your GPS or map, whatever. And then mm-hmm. I, and I said, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of late. So I have like 30 minutes. I'm on a final night. They said, oh, you can go back and then they will let you go through to just drop you off. I said, oh, okay, thank you. And then we go. And then we come back again and it was like, I'm, I'm very late right now. I have 30 minutes left. Can just my husband just like drop me off? 
and then the manager of the park was like yeah you know I, you, you can do um but i'm just not sure you can find a parking lot but the lady who like uh what do you call um volunteer i don't know this is her first time volunteer she just like look at my face just like nope cannot even you cannot go there you cannot go there i said well but he just need to drop me off um i'm, I'm late you know i'm on the fire and i i i just need to you know go there and drop uh, my husband can drop me off but she was like nope 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 and the manager's like, you guys can go, but I'm just not sure you guys can find a parking lot. And then I was like, okay. when he said like that, I listened to him because he's a manager. And and that woman just like, just know and know and know. Nothing else in her talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I, I lose my time right here. I'm going to go. And then on that time, our window was down. I just like, hey, baby, let's go. I was like that. Let's go. Let's go. And then that woman somehow she thought I do the finger to her, and and then I was like drive there, and then it was like five or six spot left for the for the player uh, for the parking lot there because he said I'm not sure you're gonna find a parking lot, but if you find yeah, you know, but if you don't, you have to come back. Of course, we're gonna come back when it's no parking lot, right? Yeah. Because they the writing on that one is a player parking. That's why. Mm-hmm. So when I go there, I practice for like 30 minutes and then now it's my tea time. And I throw, I throw, and then I cut off. And then the TD, uh, the TD and two, 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 two TD was coming and it said, hey, on, I need to talk to you. I said, mm, okay, because I didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. And then after I cut out and he was like, the lady on the parking lot was talk talk to us was you are extremely rude and flip her off extremely rude when i just tried to ask to like my husband can drop me off and then all you all she said just nope 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 but but um but i just i'm not listening to her but i listened to the the manager when he said yeah and drop off you can find that's all my brain working on i said i didn't do nothing to her I didn't flip her up. I didn't show my finger. I'm not even say if, nothing about it. I said, you guys, why you guys not listen to me also? They said, well, several, several witness. I said, after this tournament, I need to go there. I need to talk. And I didn't flip anybody, anybody off. I was trying to be calm down, but people can see I was frustrating. I'm like, that's just totally lying. Like, mm-hmm. if I do something, if I do something like that, I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I, yes, I'm doing it. But when I didn't do anything, for me, that was like, that's a lie. That's a lie to me. And then why don't just ask me also? Why don't just like decide that's, that because she misunderstood? And I was not even, but anyway, so. Um, when after the tournament, but they don't give me stroke, by the way. They're mm-hmm. just like warning, warning. But I tell, I explain, I didn't do it. I didn't even say a bad word i just explain i'm i'm late late i need to go and then after everything done and then i go back and talk to the manager said did you see i i show the finger he said no i didn't see nothing she's just telling me like she saw you doing that i'm like i didn't even do anything can i talk with that lady oh she's already left i'm like okay great now (laughs) yeah so that you, was what happened. Yeah. So have you ever had yeah. 
Have you ever heard of or had this happen before where something that happened before the round got addressed during the round? Have you ever heard of that before? No. <laughs> I didn't heard it. I never heard it. And then, and here's the thing. When my husband found the parking, and then, but TD still asked, like, is that you, you parking there? My husband said, yes, you need to move right now. You need to move right now. I'm like, why? And then why are you writing, park, park, uh, pay your parking? If we can find a parking, and then you still want my husband to move when he on a final night with me, and he want to be right there with me for that mm -hmm. moment. And I feel like that's, I feel like I, 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 I want, I would love them to just handle situation better than this. At least come and ask me like what's going on, not just only here from one side. This woman is clearly, she not happy because I was not listening to her, that's it. She want me to just like, when she said no, that's mean no, you know, but I, I did not listen to her. If I have like hour and a half, I hope I can figure out how to go and park in all the cemetery, but I just don't have that much time. And I hope she understand, but she just not understand. I, gotcha. I can vouch for own too because i was there i was there for the world championship because my sons were competing and they had the last mm -hmm. tea time in the day i think it was around was it three or four, three or four o'clock was like one of the last yeah, tea it was times. Quite yeah and the parking was crazy uh i had to get out and be dropped off as well so like what you're saying is accurate it was crazy too packed too busy too hot <laughs> all of that for I sure feel, yeah. yeah i very appreciate all the all the um people helping you know i never be rude to anybody like helping or you call spotter every time i see i'm like thank you so much hey stay dehydrated stay in the shit i always care about them and it's, here's the thing because one would say no one would say yes they're not communicate each mm -hmm. other very well mm -hmm. and for me it's not even a big deal to let mm -hmm. the player drop off mm -hmm. and then they can drive back they just yeah. don't get it i don't know but i mm -hmm. hope Feature we don't have this situation because I never been through like this. I no. mm -hmm. I I just feel like um maybe they should have a better plan yeah. for mm -hmm. it. You know yeah. something something. Mm -hmm. But I respect the TD and everyone. They probably a lot of job and they probably get frustrating here and there. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm moving on. I'm happy, yeah. lady. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for now, sure. So for sure, we just wanted to give you the opportunity. To say it on the show because people were talking about it. I think it was great to hear it out of your mouth. Thank you very much for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Um. If, even you know, even I'm kind of frustrated to that lady, but I still appreciate mm -hmm. her to like help. I think maybe it's her first time helping, and maybe she just never done before. Maybe she don't understand how how the tournament work or just. Maybe she just, um, mm -hmm. um, you know, so, but anyway, I still, hopefully maybe in the, in the future, even to see her, I'm probably just going to say hi and, and, you know, give her smiling, but I just want like maybe in the future TD or people can work better for the parking lot, you know? So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's crazy. No, definitely. Nick, what do you got? I guess, yeah, I guess kind of, you know, the TDs came over to you while you were putting, you know, you finished that out. And so the issue, what you were saying was a warning. Now, going into the final nine, you had a pretty substantial lead. Did this kind of mentally affect just how you were playing? Were you 
was it kind of, I don't want to say easier to cope with because of the lead that you had, but was this kind of something that, you know, was mentally, you know, kind of tough in a sense of like, while you're trying to play the final nine? Um, I just feel like, okay. Um, luckily I have like 14 lead, mm-hmm. but in the opposite side, if I just have one or two stroke lead, mm-hmm. that will so much more but it's upset me the most is i didn't do anything wrong in in my mind that's only thing i upset on that moment i'm not upset like oh god now you know i'm gonna mess up my game i just upset like i'm not that kind of person who Mm -hmm. like aggressive aggressive to anyone it's it disappoint me because i feel like i i feel like i didn't get um change to explain myself i don't want people to look at me wrong because i never be that rude person to anywhere you know so <laughs> it it just made me sad because I, I don't like people to look at me like that and mm-hmm. and and i'm not that kind of person and and of course it affect me because it upset me yeah. like wow you know, like why why don't just talk to me early or <laughs> or after that or something you know and but it's affect me probably just like and after the third, I'm just let it go, you know. Yeah. I'm let it go. I'm having fun with my girl. And my girl was understand me. When they tell me, they say, what's going on? And I explain to them, they say, you? No? Oh, no, no, no. They was give me a big hug. Yeah. They was like, no, on, it's not you. I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> well, so they, yeah. they support me. They give me a hug. You know, they love yeah. me. So. You yeah, you won the world championships and and honestly you did it fair and square and you did it in an impressive fashion. We're really happy for you. Can you tell us uh, something that you enjoy doing? I know you disc golf and you tour a lot now. That's what your life is. You said this is your first week where you're relaxing. What do you like to do when you're not playing disc golf? Like, is it just watch TV, play an instrument? What do you like to do? I enjoy to do a garden. Oh, I okay. I love garden. Okay, do you, you like go. vegetable gardens, garden. flower gardens? Like what kind of gardens? All gardens? Um vegetable, okay. fruit, all kind of thing I can eat. Okay. So I I plan all the things I like to eat and I love to enjoy to take care of them, give them water, give them a lot of love. That's my second hobby, loving. Like I love it. And then, you know, maybe go hang out with friends, mm-hmm. go try a different restaurant you know and okay. then just just enjoy you know maybe who know i i i love to uh you know go shopping here and there you know just like women do <laughs> <laughs> but most of the time from this golf yeah. is my beloved second Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Awesome. Well, we really, really appreciate your time on the show. The fact that you came on and we love the energy you bring. Uh, we've never had you on before, but now we have your phone number. We have your Instagram. <laughs> we'll reach out when there's something that we want to talk about and hopefully you'll have time. I know you're going to get busy. You're going to be competing strongly, I'm sure, from here on out. So we're rooting for you. And uh, do you have anything you want to close out with or say hi to anybody? That's up to you. Um, I just want to thank you all my fans out there, friends, friends, family, you know, who like they always the the biggest supports me and of course all my sponsor. And I want to show you guys, this is my tour three. Ooh, Hello. full screen on that. Hello, like those. And then, and then is my um, back stem. Oops. Wow, beautiful. Yeah. Very cool. Oh, okay. 
So this is uh, my tour series, um, Hello Leopard 3, and then I have so many different colors. And then I have, because I winning, so they do. Um, <laughs> yes. It's putter for me. What putter yeah. is that? But they already sold out. They already sold out. Oh. Thank you, my fans. <laughs> and then I have my tour. Second tour is turn. Nice. I really I mean, love the leopard guys, three. Yeah, I love the yeah, leopard three. Guys I gotta get some more. Me, wanna, wanna supporting me, so go to Innova Pro Shop and you know. Uh, support me and, and and got my tour series so that's gonna put me out there and see me more out there and yeah so and also thank you you guys to like give me a chance to explain myself out there because i know a lot of Absolutely. people just like why oh, she got she got um what do you call call whatever yeah yeah mm -hmm. and so i don't have chance and and i i don't like to post anything yeah on instagram or Facebook, anything like this, so it's not me. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. when people are interesting, some people just come and ask me, and then I tell them. Yeah. So thank you for giving that big chance to doing that myself. And thank you for having me, guy. I have really? a great time, yeah. with you guys. Appreciate it. Awesome. Really Sweet. excited. Thank you for coming on, on. Have a great evening. We'll talk to you another time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank All right. You. Bye. That was awesome. Uh, she brings the same energy that I love watching in her press conferences. Do you agree, Ben? Evan. Evan? Ben. Yeah. Uh, I agree. <laughs> or Ben. Yeah. Ben agrees. We can I ask agree. Ben questions. Uh, she, she's such a joy to listen to. I mean, just her spirits are always great. And uh, even a situation that she dove into uh, happening at Masters Worlds, like, you know, a tough situation. And she she just handled it. Her, her How she handled it to us, speaking about it, was very nice. Just kind of talking about yes. all sides, not out of any kind of hatred or anything like that. Part of me, yeah. and no one will believe this, part of me does not like to ask those questions. Actually, all of me doesn't like to, but I feel like there's an opportunity for her, as she just said at the end there, thanks for that opportunity. But I also felt like mm -hmm. there's an opportunity for people who heard all different things to hear her side of it. Um, there are different sides to every story, and I'm not going to say like there's anything incorrect there, but the PDGA and the tournament directors and everyone else has their side mm -hmm. too. Um, maybe at some point we probably won't ever bring this up again, <laughs> but at some point, maybe more yeah. will come out. Um, okay. Let's talk about this great product that I've been using continuously and over and over Hempfield botanicals. This is the box that it comes in. It's really bright. Cause I have a lot of bright studio lights here, but this product is for your general aches and pains, muscle recovery. So like you play around a disc golf, especially, you know, when this really comes in handy is the beginning of the season when you haven't played a lot yet. And then you're out there throwing and you're like the next day, ow, sore, ow, sore. Use this. It really helps with the recovery. But it also works as I get older and I find the sores happen, like the aching and pains more often. Um, and then you have your salve, which is your targeted pain relief. It comes in a smaller little container. I'm going to pull it out right here. Um, the salve that comes in this little container is just awesome. Like, it really helps recover quicker. I've experienced it. I believe it. Um, I do like this general muscle recovery, though, because it has this, like, cooling effect. And I love that. Nick, I'm holding in my hand your favorite yeah. product, the chapstick. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny enough. I was just about to say with the product that you have in your box right now, I've actually just put some on kind of like my neck and my shoulders really yes. quick. And I, I love the icy hot feeling. Um, the office that I have right now, the AC doesn't power through it like it does the Ooh. rest of the apartment. Yeah. And so actually we're like, I feel kind of hunched over. I don't have a great chair yet. And so, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, slouching a little bit, um, but my shoulders and my neck will get a little bit tired throughout the night. And so I'll 
use a little bit of this and then hopefully you know in the next few minutes i the icy hot feeling comes right away which is actually really nice it's, it's cool like, no it's, pun it's cool yeah it's cool. yeah exactly it's a cooling effect and then just kind of the pain relief afterwards is great i know it's something that i'm going to be taking all the products with me out to deglow uh the course is a hike after driving nine hours it'll be something that is going to be amazing to have 20 percent off uh, I don't know what to say to get you to go try this out because I'm not actually trying to sell it. I'm just telling you about a product I love. But 20% off is significant. So use the code Nick and Matt at hempfieldbotanicals.com and you support them, which in turn supports us, which is disc golf and all the awesome things that come with it. Uh, you just mentioned the um, air conditioner not reaching well into your office. Well, you know where we are in the studio. Do you remember that one episode we did with about 10 of the best disc golfers in the world? Remember they were in the studio? Oh, Do you yeah. remember how I hot remember, it got? Yeah, so I remember wearing a sweatshirt and jeans that night because I'm an idiot, not realizing how insanely hot. Yeah, dude, it was. Uh, I remember afterwards we were all like sweating. I, I could not wait to shed layers. It and felt like the back Arctic then, when yeah. you walked out of the room. But yeah, long story I'm short. Also one of the, Go ahead. I'm also one of those people like I'd, I'd rather be hot than cold. Like I'd rather be in a okay. room kind of sweating okay. than I would be freezing my butt off. Okay. And so I'm different. You man. know, plus. But yeah, but most people are, and um, that's why that's kind of what I've learned at this point. And that's why he What's moved that? to Virginia, <laughs> dude. At least for the freaking winter time, yeah, it's a little bit warmer here in the winter time. Not not insanely warmer, but I, I also, you know, coming up till last year, the year before, I rarely ever wore shorts or short sleeve shirts out in public. I just hated how skinny I was, and then I got to a point where I'm still a skinny person, but I could care less, and so now. I wear short sleeves and shorts all the time, which is really nice. Well, Nick, you're missing out on what's been a record heat wave for Boston. It's like one of mm -hmm. five ever and one of the last yeah. like times in the past decade. It's like people will laugh if you're from a hotter climate than Boston. But I think it was in the 90s. Yes, I know. Everyone's like, <gasps> it's like Texas yeah. being like, it was 40. We're going to die. We make fun yeah, of them right. in the opposite direction. But it's been in the 90s for the past five days and it's going to continue on. So anyways, what, yeah. it's warm here in My studio. Yeah, my mom sent us a group chat and she was like, what are you guys all doing to stay cool? And my sister's like, well, I'm actually at a Red Sox game right now. And I was like, that actually sounds miserable yeah, being well, at a Red Sox game. One, because bad. I think it was the game that they got blown out like 25 to 3. No, we don't need to get into that too much. Or was it 20? No, it wasn't 28 20, to 3, right? 28 to 5. And did you see that inside to five, the that's park what it was. home run? Oh, my goodness. Jern Duran. Dude, I'm right. over hey, it. I will say this. I will say this. Haven't, haven't kept too, too much on baseball this year just because the Red Sox have been so hit or miss right right now um but our boy dylan cease who we've had on the show before evan i'm actually surprised you haven't talked about this much before yeah can, but he can is I have absolutely yes dude he is absolutely well you talk about that i'm gonna go flip laundry really quick so do your thing <laughs> oh my goodness Hurry. perfect Hurry. timing our, our next guest by the way stay tuned our next guest are the two of the women from new england women disc golf uh organization here in new england uh supporting women the growth of women's sports competitively we're going to bring them up right after Evan tells this story. All right. I mean, it's not much of the story as in Dylan sees it just absolutely <laughs> shredding it on the mound this season. Um, I, I follow a few White Sox like stat writers just because they just constantly tweet about Dylan sees and how good of a season he had. But he got snubbed from the all-star game. And I just, oh, he's going to win Cy Young. I he like honestly he could he's in the running he's having a fantastic wow. season he is like striking out people at like one of the best rates in the American League this season um he's just like all of his advanced numbers are looking really good 
you know, should I text him right now and say good job from the Nick and Matt show? You can do whatever you want. I'm not much of that kind of person, but I'm going to take a picture of you across from me and say, Evan says, good job. You can say that if you want. I don't know if like the all-star game's a sour subject, but he's an all-star in my eyes. Uh, But remember when he talked about the course he was going to make once he gets that big contract? He is getting that big contract. Looks like that big contract's coming, so watch out for the $500,000 tournament coming soon. Well-deserving of it right now. He he didn't make the all-star game, but (laughs) GMs aren't that dumb. Uh, They're going to know he is special and, and doing very, very well. So I just f- sent him a message from Evan. Oh my goodness. Yep. I said, Evan is talking about you on the show. He says you're slaying it this season. Keep it up. And of course, so, it's when Ben throws up his little picture here with his glasses on. <laughs> so Wait, like, let me, can you put it up? Yeah, I'll put it up. What I sent him. Pull it up. This is this is what I just sent Dylan sees. So he's gonna be like, there's Evan, and who's this guy? Anyways, all right, good times. Who's okay. Ben? I'll tell you if he responds, but without further ado. Let's bring in our next in-studio guest tonight. I always say in-studio for other things, hey. but this is really in-studio. They're sitting across from us on the interview uh, seat here, and we've got Julie, who's the co-founder. Julie Fredella, who's the co-founder of New England Women's Disc Golf. And then you have Kim, who's the VP of, believe me, this is a good organization. They have a community relations VP. So let's go ahead and introduce them to the show right now. Welcome, Julie and Kim. Hi. Oh, us. Yeah, so we're we excited go. to have you. We've had you before, but you came via the internet into our virtual green room. Now you're here in studio. We can talk easier. Can you give us, who, whichever one of you wants to do this, whoever it fits better, uh, give us a little recap of what you said last time. Like, what are you doing, your initiatives, that kind of a thing, and then we'll follow up and ask how it's going. I'm going to leave that to Juge because then she founded the organization. Okay. So we, some sort of beautiful universe thing happened where there were several women's events happening across Massachusetts uh, one a month throughout the entire summer and it just clicked Kim and we a bunch of us spoke and we decided to make it into a women's series and we just wanted to give a little bit of a recap of how it has gone so far we're um, a little bit over halfway at this point okay so you said you wanted to do a women's series what did that look like as a skeleton? Like, what's the model here? Is it like in states or in one state? And uh, like, how is it working? Like in the sense of like, yeah, how is it working? So we're currently only throughout one state in okay. our um, events have been only in Massachusetts. Okay. With bigger dreams mm-hmm. for the future, of course. But uh, that's where we started. And it's surprisingly going really well. Okay. Go ahead and tell us about it, Kim. All right, so we had our first event on Memorial Day at 501, the Sunstein Open. That was TD'd by Rivas, who's very well known in the New England disc golf community. So shout out to him. We had 52 ladies competing that day. Wow. Um, yeah. I think we asked you about a number last time you were on, and I think you might have said even like you wanted a lot, but you said like 20 something would be good. I don't remember. Maybe I'm wrong, but hearing 50 something is excellent. Yeah. And so a few weeks later, we had the Empress Open out in Western Mass that was TD'd by Casey Della Pena, the disc golf girl on Instagram. Mm. And we had 51 women at that wow. event. Tons of raffles, tons of prizes. It was super fun day. Um, and then most recently, back in um, on July 10th, we had a one round tournament at Borderland Disc Golf, um, Borderland Disc Golf Course in Easton Mass. TD'd by Steph Barnett. 
And for being a one-round women's tournament, we had 43 women wow. competing. Wow. These yeah. averages are so much, if I'm averaging them out, I mean, we're close to 50, upper 40s. And like, that sounds way higher than we ever used to see pre-pandemic. Is that correct? Absolutely. There's been, I mean, no, you guys have talked about it. The sport of disc golf has exploded since the pandemic. And that includes for women's disc golf as well. And it's just nice to be able to have a platform and have the people and the women who want to compete in these events kind of show up because, you know, build it and maybe they'll come and they've been coming. And so like, we would not be as successful as we are without everyone signing up and supporting <laughs> us and our crazy yeah. ideas. I thought you were going to say we wouldn't be as successful without the pandemic, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, I will say without the pandemic though, like just even excluding that, what are you finding? This is for our, all of our audience around the world who's trying to grow FPO competition and series, maybe they can pattern after you. What are you finding that's working well? Maybe something that stands out there and then maybe something you're like, eh, we probably won't do that anymore. Is there anything like Great that? Question. Um, working well, a couple of good feedback that we've gotten from the tournaments we've done so far is bathrooms, mm. having bathrooms mm -hmm. on site, having bathrooms available, porta potties, whatever it is. Um, on the course, if possible, like, you know, trying mm -hmm. to station one halfway through if you can. In all seriousness, because we're a bunch of dudes on this show, we try to talk FPO stuff, but like you guys have insights we don't. Same thing right. when we have like Hannah on and everyone else. Um, is that something that goes through uh, a female competitor in, from a female division? Is that something that goes through her mind before an event? Like, oh, I don't know. Or is it like just you hope? Um, it's you hope and you plan out and you talk with folks who have been to the course before. Is there a bathroom wow, there? Is okay. it open? If not, what's the closest Dunkin' Donuts? What's the closest convenience wow. store? And you are mapping it out mm -hmm. so you have time to go there during the lunch break. Is it heavily, sorry, is it heavily wooded so I can <laughs> pop a squat in the woods if an emergency occurs? You know, okay. you're finding out all the ins and outs. Interesting. And yeah. I, I, yeah, it's just not something that honestly crosses a lot of men competitors' minds. So is that something that gets advertised? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, great. Uh, so what's something that maybe you think could you're going to kind of ditch or is there anything like that? Like we're going to totally modify it like we don't like that or we're going to change it a lot. Or is it like right now you're like, no, everything seems great. Everything seems pretty good right now. We've after each tournament, we've tried to get feedback in the moment from folks and they've it's all been overwhelmingly positive, which is great. And I imagine once it's all said and done, we'll sit down and look at it and go through it with a fine tooth comb to figure out how we can continue mm -hmm. to improve, even though it, we've ha had a pretty good inaugural year yeah. of it. Well, you have a lot of experience. I mean, I know I've known Juji for a long time. Yeah. Juji, by the way, is a nickname for Julie. <laughs> I, for those who are like, what did he just say? Did he just have a seizure? <laughs> uh, I've known Julie for a long time and your experience in you were probably one of the only ones. I remember playing with you and you have to tell the show. Do you remember what you called me for a nickname? Chatty Kathy. <laughs> For the show that just heard that, they're like, wow, it's been happening a long time. So, oh, yeah. But Juji was one of the very first, like, female players that I was ever aware of. And she would show up to leagues of 50 or 60 guys, and she'd be like the only girl there. So, um, mm -hmm. to see it come to where it is, you've probably learned a lot about what it would take to do it. What is the format of your tournaments? Like, is it two rounds, a round and a half, final nines? What, like, what is it? Um, they've all been, besides the Shield Maidens at Borderland, which was a one-round tournament, they've all been two-round okay. events. Do you think there's a benefit and a value to one-round events for FPO? Or I'm um, not FPO, but just the female divisions? Absolutely. Steph was so great about advertising it as a beginner's tournament, beginner-friendly, keeping the layout short, and really wanting 
to engage women who were interested in competing, but like weren't really mm-hmm. sure what the tournament would be like. It's a great way to dip the toe in the water to get a feel for if it's something that you'd like to keep doing or not. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Nick, I, you're sitting in the green room yeah. down in Virginia. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, right. No, I was just going to say, it, it's it's really awesome to see Massachusetts being where I grew up learning how to play disc golf and just seeing this scene really explode. And it's something that in Virginia, we're trying to kind of do that same thing. But on the woman's side of thing, there's, you know, we just had a tournament this last weekend. Um, it was a two-day B tier, which that's a whole nother subject. But there was only one FPO player, maybe three rec women, maybe two FA1 or FA2. And so the women's disc golf scene, depending on where you go, isn't heavily populated down here, which I'm actually kind of surprised about with the weather just being a little bit better. So I guess kind of just for the chat and for wherever they are, what are kind of, you know, if you were to give a couple key things of like, this is how you should grow it. You know, yes. how is that? And I think, and I, I want to kind of finish it up saying this is like, as a male, I don't want to intrude on something. And so it's kind of like, does a male and a woman work on this together? Do two females work on it and kind of build a club like that? Is like, what are the best ways that someone in their local mm-hmm. club can really outreach to the woman in their scene? <laughs> Did I stop them? <laughs> no, it, for, at least when it comes to the tournament thing, tournament scene, having women mm-hmm. signups early even if it's a couple hours makes a huge difference and it can really, Mm -hmm. if women know that other women are signing up for it and it's a TD Mm -hmm. that supports women's disc golf in that way, you're going to draw more women with that and connecting with women who are well-established in your local league to figure out, to advertise it, to put the word out there that you're supporting women and wanting to do that makes such a huge difference. And I know our Mm -hmm. advocacy officer, Lindsay has been contacting TDs all over new England to advocate for that on our behalf as well so shout out to her that's an interesting question nick and i like the answer but i want to follow up like if i was to run a tournament like just kind of out of nowhere i'm like hey i'm gonna run a tournament for like the female division like that's probably not i don't feel like i'm gonna get as much traction as both of you running it together because people are like getting to know i'll call it your brand and like just this like we know that and it's established but like who's this guy unless i had your backing i don't know if it would go as well I mean, Rivas did it on Memorial Day on a holiday, and he got fifty ladies. Was that his own thing? Yeah, I'm, mostly he. But like, you backed it, right? We did back okay. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we need you. <laughs> I mean, he was already yeah. planning on doing a separate Women's okay. Day for that event anyway, and we That's just right. kind of pulled him along with the other TDs that were already mm-hmm. running events to say, "Hey, we want to do this thing." Man, let's. Are you guys cool with that? And it just kind of. I just think it, from there. it's so excellent. Like. You guys are gaining. Again, I say this to the rest of the world. When I say you guys, I literally just mean that in the friendliest way for New England. And Julie knows and Kim knows it. Um, But I say that for everyone else because they're like, what? You it's you all y'all, you know, like, okay. Yeah, Yeah, you guys. I'm a big yaller. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. So I just think it's tremendous what you're doing. Um, Nick asked a great question there. I just feel like how do we inspire others? What do you give as like next steps? Because you were here how long ago and where can they get to? You were here in February, maybe? Yeah. January or February? Yeah. Um, and to touch upon, if you don't mind, Nick's question. Yeah. I know that mm-hmm. in Virginia, there's a big women's um, in Spotsylvania, right? There was a U.S. Yeah. women's yeah, held yeah. down there a few years ago. Yep. And I feel like Virginia is bigger than all of New England, uh, pretty much. But what we've done in New yeah. DG is we have um, women's representatives from different states. But in Virginia, that could be different areas. So mm-hmm. different counties, like make a, you know, overall 
uh, Virginia women's disc golf community and like try and get somebody who wants to spearhead volunteer time, you know, mm-hmm. getting the roots in into those other communities. I think that's another great way to grow it mm-hmm. um, in states where it's populous in one mm-hmm. area, but not in another. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. But what was the other question? I, I was just saying like, what's next steps for everyone else? Because you you've done this from the grassroots up and like what's next steps for someone who hasn't done anything. Like Kim said earlier, build it and they will come, you know, just start, find a course that's willing to, if people are willing to meet up or, you know, a couple people and say, Hey, we're going to play at this night at this time, just keep it consistent. Like if it's only you who shows up or if it's you and three other friends in a couple years, it's going to grow and it's going to be, you know, you and there's two cards of women, three cards of women. You have to make tea time. Wow. I was going to say, I, <laughs> shout out to Juj and our fellow, one of our fellow um, board members, Chantal, started the Women's Wednesdays at Maple. Maple Hill everywhere. Maple Hill. And yeah. that has just exploded. And that, yeah. I mean, and t- that's it, the consistency, even if it's just a couple, even if it's just two or three, doesn't mean it's not going mm-hmm. well. It's, you know, having it there, having it available. So that way, when the person who's new to the area or the woman who wants to ditch her boyfriend or significant other and play with a bunch of other women <laughs> like that space is there for them. Awesome. We've been averaging around 10 women weekly and it's not always the same women. I, we wow. went to mm-hmm. women's nationals and <clears throat> when we came back, there was a woman who had been there for two Wednesdays that I hadn't even met yet. So all these new women are coming through and it's just been a really great year, not only for the series, but locally for leagues. There's other women's Wednesdays all over new England another mm-hmm. one of our initiatives that um, my co-founder Mindy LaFontaine's reaching out to other pay to play courses throughout new England to see if they're interested in taking part in the initiative of letting women play free on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, and that's something that's fairly unique. I feel like to new England, Nick, how many private courses are there in Virginia? Like that you are aware of very, very few. Um, I do know of a couple of them. One of them has been shut down for a little while now, just do the whole pandemic stuff and yeah. other things. But um, here in Virginia, there's there's rarely any. Um, I could probably count that on my one hand. But I, know, I, I, right I think it's red. great. My point is for those who are listening and like, what are we talking about? Private what? You know, in New England, especially even up in Maine, but all around New England mm-hmm. is like Maine's like 99 percent like pay to play. Uh, Massachusetts mm-hmm. has a fairly a decent amount. I don't know. Can I count 10 or more, like even within 45 minutes? That yeah, are I mean, Central Mass is kind of the hub for pit of play. So long story short, that's yeah. a great initiative, getting it free so they don't have to. That's one less barrier for them. Um, is there anything we're missing that like you feel would be really beneficial, whether it's inspiring or anything else, whatever you want to share, the floor is yours. That's wide open, I know. <laughs> I feel like having a really solid team around you. If you are somebody who wants to grow women's disc golf in your area, find like-minded people. And I feel like the positive energy kind of flows between people. We can, it, you can be really productive when you're all truly passionate about one goal. So once mm-hmm. the new DG board came together, like we're just, it's gone farther than we ever thought it could just because we have each other. And I saw the same thing in Wisconsin with the disc golf ladies league. If it wasn't for me seeing what they were doing back Mm. in 2013 Mm. in Michigan, like that's, that really helped us cultivate what we have now. Oh, that's a Mm -hmm. great point. How many other women's organizations are you aware of? I don't expect you know them all, but like, are the, is this happening everywhere? Yeah, there's, 
there's quite a few. There's Pacific Northwest women. Okay. They're really active on Instagram. I know there's a lot of different active women's leagues in California. Um, the Midwest is huge. Yeah, doll, dolls. Yeah, dolls is huge. Um, yeah, I mean it's it is, and there are you know staple women's events around the country too. Daisy chains and. Mm. Um, certain women's global event, like yes. big women's events that have since become women's global events. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. hey, you can say whatever you want after this, but my last question, and maybe it's very, um, I don't know, ignorant of me, but what is a good player's pack for a women's division event? Like, is there an item that gets put in those that I've never seen? <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe there's not. Maybe it's all the same. Oh, for me, it's nail clippers. Oh, having nail clippers in my bag, or a chapstick, or wet wipes, or what else is in our ice packs? I was gonna say any. <laughs> so, we have these ice packs that we're selling in case of emergency, and they have hand sanitizer, wipes, tick remover, hair elastic. <laughs> there we go. Like all sort, like any sort of like little essential that you need on the yeah. course. You know. Yeah. Men, women, everyone in between, sure. like that for. For everybody. I was going to say, it sounds great for everybody, gotcha. but that, yeah. that's really awesome yeah. and uh, interesting for those divisions as well. Um, Nick, do you have anything else? Well, I was going to say, well, I mean, one thing that you might be able to add is just the double G craft jerky stuff that, yeah. you know, in case of emergency, little little food. <laughs> yes. And they do player packs as well. So just kind of little gonna lucky. Say, one thing that we've been doing at all of our tournaments that we've gotten really great feedback from is halfway through the course having a snack and water station where we have yeah. yes. bananas, clementines, like little bot, like little mini bars, extra Man. water, and that has been really well received. Yeah. Yes, I was gonna I, say whatever yeah. you're doing at those events is probably just like generically good for all events. So keep it up. Thank you. Um, yeah. I was gonna. I, I have. Oh, oh Evan. Evan. Yeah. Wow. Welcome to the show, oh. Evan Kearns. Everybody, Stat Mando. Uh, so on the on the pro side, there's kind of been a lot of talk on co courses kind of being designed for the MPO first, and then FPO might seem like an afterthought, whether it is or isn't. Um, so bringing it to kind of more of a regional level, uh, maybe especially in New England, do you feel like, does it feel like courses are designed for the men first and ladies are an afterthought? afterthought? Do you guys feel included when there's course designs? Like, and what kind of course design elements do suit women in general besides having like bathrooms and things like that? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Evan. We might need like a minute to like compile <laughs> a very thoughtful that. answer, but that was. You can take a minute if yeah. you really want a minute. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean are there like, I mean, We're just talk it It's going to be a little New England centric, but are there like courses where you're like, yeah, that suits women really well? It just is a good course for like our yeah. leagues or, or. I mean, there are definitely courses that I don't like tournaments that I don't play, even though they might be eight minutes from my house because that course does not suit my game. You know, I won't name any names, but I'm sure that we all, <laughs> if you're from here, you probably know. Um, yeah. <laughs> or I, I don't know. I, I think it's, a, I don't think it's that much different than designing an MPO course. It's having the variety, but also like not everything that's, you know, 400, 500 plus feet that's going to take, that might take, you know, women, you know, local pros or, you know, FA ones, et cetera an extra throw or an extra two throws to get there. And so just being mindful of the distance, I think is mm -hmm. helpful for sure. And I think that's just going to come with experience as you do more events, right. Or people do more events for these divisions. I thought it was interesting. And Paige Pierce is uh, uh, obviously at this point, I would be crazy. I feel like to say other than the greatest FPO player of all time, uh, maybe we can debate that later. But uh, she said in her interview post round at the beast 
just this yesterday or whatever day it was. She's like, we need more courses like this. We don't need little putter courses. And I think from her perspective as playing in the FPO, like she has a different perspective, but like, but there are going to be this, this point where women's divisions are going to mature over the years. Cause I don't want to say you're first generation, you know, female players, but you're in some ways you almost are. And I think we're seeing it with the MPO right now. And I don't think FPO is far behind on that. Like the MPO right now, Mm -hmm. you're looking at the field getting so much more mature that the competition level is going so much deeper and they're playing harder courses. I think the FPO is going to keep doing that trend as well. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. I just have, I just have one final thing just to kind of say, and it's not a question or anything like that, but um juji same thing was one of the first people on the women's side of disc golf who i'd met we became friends i think early on and just kind of like seeing each other grow in our disc golf involvement over the last few years uh but one of the coolest things was a monday night league we were at pyramids and um she was on my card i don't remember if we were partnered up or anything like that but she was on my card and this twosome was literally just getting on the course as the whole league was about to go out to play it was a guy and a girl and I don't remember if she had an ultimate disc or if she was an ultimate player. It was one or the other, but she threw a shot that was, it was very, very good. And instantly Juju was like, how long have you been playing disc golf? And you need to be here Wednesday night, like right off the rip, not even saying hello. My name is Juju. I run this whole New England women's disc golf thing. She's just like, we need to see you Wednesday night. I don't know if the girl ever came or not, but anyways, that's just kind of how Juju is so like, headstrong in it which is super awesome to see i love watching new new england disc golf kind of explode in the way that it does and um so anyways she's she's an evangelist of women's disc golf she really is she doesn't say hi she's like you should come to league (laughs) literally she she's just like you need to be here every monday night tuesday nights at maple wednesday nights at buff like (laughs) we are very lucky to have both her and mindy yeah for sure yeah for sure feel very honored to have looked up to them for so long and now mm-hmm. sitting on a couch on a podcast with her like yeah wild yeah. it's awesome dreams do come true dreams do come it's true just, it's about it's about it's about every other year that it's tough to see juju it's when team buff is playing team crane in a pool somewhere and it's normally when we're at crane because i know they're probably gonna win so the only time that i don't don't like seeing her competing against us but on the, the other 99 percent of the time is incredible so awesome for you guys to come on the show tonight and just talk about the whole thing. It's really cool because now, like I said earlier, living in Virginia where the scene isn't in the women's side, especially where I live, uh, the scene is still growing. And so we have a select few women who are pretty consistent with coming out. But I think just trying to learn ways to potentially get more involvement in it and just learning how to kind of make things a little bit more specific for them is really awesome to hear. I want to see this whole community grow as I've seen New England grow in the years. So this has been it's been great. All right. Any any closing thoughts from New England Women's Disc Golf? We're, and I, Nick, I didn't tell you this. We're, they're gonna. I think they're gonna stick around and maybe share their thoughts on some of our topics coming up too. So. Okay. What? Any closing thoughts on New England Women's Disc Golf? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, thank you so much for all the kind words, Nick, and for having us here and letting us you know, letting us share. You know everything that's going on. Um, the Women's Global event, if you haven't signed up for one near you, find your closest Women's Global event on pdga.com. It is a worldwide event. It happens on Saturday, August 6th and Sunday, August 7th. And it is a weekend where it's just all about the ladies, all about the camaraderie, all about the fun, and just learning about what it is to be out there together at an all-women's event. Um, 
at our event at Maple Hill, Revenge on Reds, we have 95 ladies registered with wow. eight on the wait list. Wow. We're going to try wow. our best to get everybody in. Uh, we, we have some tricks up our sleeves, I think, to make this work. It's going to be an awesome day, and just find one near you. Find one of them. Wow. Play. Awesome. Totally cool. Well, thank you very much for sharing that all with us. Um, as I mentioned, um, well, I didn't mention this, but you can check them out at um, Instagram at N-E-W-D-G underscore. Uh, is that correct? Yes. Okay. And then if you would like to email them, it's N-E as in New England or Northeast or whatever you want to think of that. New England Women's Disc Golf. Uh, so N-E Women's D-G at gmail.com if you'd like to email them for more information. And so one last thing, we are accepting sponsors for both our finale event in Ooh. on Labor Day and for Women's Global to increase, F, you know, pro payouts for yeah. raffle prizes for whole whole sponsors. So feel free to outreach to us, slide into our DM, send us an email and we can give you all the info on that. Yeah, please, for please, sure. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interested in that. Maybe the Nick and Matt show. What do you think, Nick? Sounds good to me. We just got to figure out. We got to figure out what your sponsor yep. deck looks like. <laughs> we'll take the gold. Wait, no. How much? <laughs> we'll the platinum. We'll, we'll talk after. Awesome. awesome. Really Thanks, appreciate guys. it. Sweet. Okay. So they're going to stick ladies. around. And to be clear, the interview portion is done. We're going to let them step up and be the independent women they are. If they'd like to, if they would like to cut us off, or we can offer their insight or ask for their insight as well. But we're going to break right into. Uh, what a lot of people are in the chat asking about, so we're not going to put it off any longer. Let me give you just generally, if you haven't heard, Nicola Castro was DQ disqualified following the second round of the European Open, a PDGA major. It, it's a fantastic event. He was in seventh place uh, in the second round on hole 18. He threw out of bounds. And the Disc Golf Network, being the only media, I believe, showing anything related to this event, went and cut live, not cut live, sorry, cut backwards, if you will, to this just happened a few minutes ago. And Nico was seen throwing his approach shot on 18 up where you know where they go up to the stands, the scoreport. And uh, immediately a PDGA, what you would have assumed was a marshal, approached him with a phone in hand, which at the time you weren't sure it was happening, but you heard it was a call for time violation. And the clock was on the phone to demonstrate that, yes, this was timed and not just me uh, assuming. And Nico, if you haven't seen it, you, where, are, where are you? I mean, I guess you listen to the Nick and Matt show, and that's great. But go look this up. Uh, Nico pre proceeds to what appears to be aggressively or at least in an intimidating way, uh, walk up with chest puffed uh, and towards the marshal and just pretty much yelling the word why repeatedly as the PDGA official was saying, hey, we had to stroke you because of a time violation. Why? You know, and it was, again, it was coming off awkward to many people who watched it and who are not aggressive in nature uh, as a person were feeling awkward by watching. I heard many reports of that. It made me feel awkward. Um, I kind of like didn't want to see it. it. It like made me feel bad. Um, and then it was kind of, and I'll say kind of humorous, but in the moment you weren't laughing. Uh, Nico approached him chest puffed and then ultimately was like, get away from me. <laughs> it was like, you approached him. And then, so the official's like, okay, puts his hands up, walks away to, you know, kind of diffuse maybe a little bit of the situation, but Nico wasn't satisfied, or at least as the appearance, he wasn't satisfied and wanted to get in the official's face again, walked up to the official and was more or less in an in a t intimidating way again. And what many could describe as aggressive 
saying, you want to stare me down? You want to stare me down? You know, like, more or less, are you listening to me? Did you hear what I say? And Nico is just being really aggressive with it to the point where um, they cut away. We don't know what happened to actually diffuse that situation. Um, but the internet disc golf world went wild. And by wild, I mean uh, everything from, like, crucify him to it's, it's sports. What do you expect? Like, you had all over the spectrum. Um, so we're going to chat a little bit of, like, just surrounding that event. Let me set the stage by saying um, nobody – actually, I can't say this, but I would say large percentage, 99.9% .9 of people did not like to see this. Can we all agree on that, like, in the show here? Did anybody enjoy seeing that, at least in our show? Have you seen anybody commenting online that, like, hey, that was fun to watch? I don't think anyone was saying it was fun. I okay. think it was neutral. Or well, it depends on how you use fun okay. as a word. Like, I'm not saying it was fun to see. It was a horrible situation in the sense of, like, and I, I got to commend you, Matt, for how you spoke through that whole thing. I mean, I've been, like, since this moment happened, <laughs> I wanted to do, like, an emergency press conference with the Nick and Matt show <laughs> that night or that morning. Like, I was ready for everyone to just take, take their lunch break to talk about this because it was literally... I would say besides for James Conrad's shot last year at Worlds, I don't know if I've ever seen my Twitter blow up yeah. more yeah. For, than this situation. Except, yeah, no, I, I can't think. The so, only other time that Twitter was really blowing up was when the major was announced that it was going to be stroke play and match play. But right. the, the whole situation in and of itself, like, I don't want to say it wasn't fun to watch in the sense of, like, I don't want to see that all the time. It was wild to watch because as I'm sitting here, you know, I'm doing computer work in the morning. I'm uploading pictures, yada, yada, yada. And all of a sudden I just scroll over because I've, I've got, you know, two different monitors going with it. And I look over and Nico's literally like up in this dude's face. And I'm like, what the hell did I just miss? Like, yeah. what is going on right now? And I do want to say that someone in the chat said it earlier. Um, I kind of talking about the situation, which we're going to dive into pretty heavily i would assume uh he was called on a time violation earlier in the round which is what prompted an official to follow their card i do, do not know, know exactly what hole it? it was i that i i was just about to say i don't know all the facts and so i've asked a few people and nobody's his, for sure his name is out there uh okay it, it was a uh, i mean you a know competitor me, me, you're oh sorry oh i think you're saying the, the marshal yeah who made the call no no the no, no, no. Who, who, so who made the original, original call earlier in the round that's okay no, there was a that, first call do not know yeah uh, but let me let me just I, I, let me just finish up the story in this sense so we can just kind of fully open it since then mm -hmm. people were calling you know as people do and i've I have a lot of feelings on this. I've made plenty of mistakes. It's hard to see people go on and be like messaging the sponsor, like drop him. You know what I mean? All this side to yeah. it too. I want to have a pretty well balanced conversation here and say that like for us to do that. Yeah. I'm not soft and I get it sports, but like, I'm not, that's not in me to be like, I want him to lose everything. Right. And there's some mm -hmm. people who are like, come on, let's go watch clash and see them, you know, drop him. And like, they haven't done it yet, but let's pressure him to do it. Um, but you go all the other side, like, but you saw gateway is the point, like, Hey, for the time being, like he's, what do they call it? Not suspended, but something like that. Like we aren't, we're suspending they suspended our, the contract the contract yeah. until we investigate it. That's his yeah. uncle's business. That's gotta be pretty crazy to read as Nico's position. Mm -hmm. Then you have clash saying like, Hey, we don't support what Nico did. He's, he's still our player ultimately. And then like, mm -hmm. it wasn't, was it a few days, a, a few hours later or the next day morning, it was like, Hey, we're dropping yeah, 12 Nico, to 24 hours. Our, yeah. professional partnership with him is done um but before that had happened before that had happened from clash nico went on and apologized in a public forum which 
Has anybody in here ever seen Nico apologize on social media? Ever? I no, can't except say so. to say, I don't know. In our chat group, Nick was messaging me. He's like, "Hell, we were all going crazy over this topic <laughs> in media." I had like four chat threads going, and one of them was like, "I was saying like, no, we're not going to see Nico apologize. He's never done it. He's going to double down." I was blown away. So that shows you the yeah. gravity of how he feels about the situation. So he apologized. And I'm about to wrap it up. He apologized. And then today we see a post from Nico say, or no, then we saw the PDGA address it saying he walked off the course, wouldn't talk to an official. Uh, so they DQ'd him. Uh, the thing happened with Clash. We see Nico apologize. Nico apologizes. And I felt like you could read it into it however you wanted. Is he trying to save his butt? Is he trying to be genuine? All these things, you're looking at it. But if you just take it at face value, he said the right things. Okay, you go to today, he makes a post. I'm taking a break from disc golf competition or the tour. That's how he worded it. And so you can read into that too. Is he trying to cut it off early at the past? Like the PDGA needs to see that, like I'm taking this seriously. Maybe they'll lessen anything that's coming down the pipe. Um, the PDGA is out. They have a volunteer disciplinary committee. That's my understanding. And the volunteer committee is going to get together and discuss this. And then they're going to make a recommendation to the board of director, the president of the board of directors, which is Nate Heinold. And then Nate Heinold is probably going to take what they say, I would assume, unless it's outrageous. And then he's going to say, hey, think about this again. Mm -hmm. But there's something coming in my take. And I'll wrap up this whole thing for me. My take is that probation at a minimum is coming. Meaning if anything else even comes remotely close to this or, or at all, like you're done for like a year or two years. But I'm feeling like if I, I hate doing a pick for this, like we're picking what's going to happen, but I actually think there's going to be some form of suspension and it might be the rest of the season. That is my pick. I, I wish the best for him. Uh, he's doing what he can now. And honestly, if you look at this in whatever perspective you want, anytime I've ever had something significant ripple in my life because of something I chose to do and I've reacted to it positively or at least with you know good motivation towards I can do something with this, my life has gotten better. I wish nothing but the best for Nico. That being said, let's break this down to not be personal, and let's talk about the on-field. There's mm -hmm. a few things I'd like us to talk about. One is, do we think the PDGA handled it correctly in the moment? Okay, so like leading up to it, walking up with a phone saying, hey, I'm calling you. Like, do we think that was handled correctly? Does anybody have any thoughts on that? I, I thought... Uh, I want to... I'm just going to say this and then Evan say whatever you want. I, I just want to commend the official Nico posted his name. I, I don't know what it was. I, I He's forget the, the, at the, tour, moment. the tour manager for the PDGA Europe, which is that like, was the official that called him on mm -hmm. it. Uh, his name okay. was, I think I have it here. Let me just see. Maybe I deleted it. It's, you know, it's a European name and I'm not good with those. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyways, when you find it, shout it oh, out. Met, if not, it's met, all good. It's, there's a J in it. I know they don't say J's. I think it's Mate. Or Matea Verl, V-E-R-L. So anyways, tour PDGA tour manager. There's very few people, I think, in the world who would have handled that situation the way that he did. It, it, what, How he handled it, after I've seen the video probably 100 times now, is so insanely awesome in the sense of you have a guy who you're doing your job, he's doing his job, he broke a rule at his job. And so you go over to enforce the rules that you were supposed to be enforcing. And for this person to kind of come up into your face, ask you what, ask you why, and then to just kind of have an aggressive tone at it. I mean, 
the way he handled it so smooth he he literally answered within a millisecond of nico asking the question what or why mm, yeah and just had no no form of aggression was just level-headed i didn't think the guy was being aggressive at all i think the way that he walked up to nico just saying like hey here's the timer on my phone this is what happened you know i have to call you on it it is the rules that is why am i i am on this card right now I just want to commend the guy just for yeah being so level-headed because this this situation could have turned you different ways because I've I've talked to many of people now you know playing a tournament last weekend we've all been talking about it hanging out with buddies and a lot of other people this this situation could have turned into Nico getting up in this guy's face and the guy getting back into Nico's face and then you can almost look at Nico being the victim in a sense which in a very very weird sense you could look at him being the victim in it but i think this did show just a flaw that nico and i i would say you know there are other people out in the world like this i'm sure there are other disc golfers who you know potentially would have responded aggressively like this but the way the guy handled it was perfect i i gotta commend him for that the situation in and of itself was weird it was wild like it literally it didn't have my adrenaline pumping, but I kind of watched it and was like, oh my God, like what was I just watching? And then they cut out from the cameras and it's kind of like, I want to know what happened. Getting on to Matt's point about the PDGA, I think they handled it in the best possible way. That was one of the things that I had tweeted about was this is going to be a huge moment for the PDGA. And I'm actually kind of surprised the Disc Golf Pro Tour hasn't posted anything as well. Maybe they haven't. I missed it. But the PDGA had made a, made a statement about the whole situation, um, which kind of let you kind of see it from another sense of after the whole situation was diffused after the round was over jeff Dequois went over to nico to try to figure out what happened get his side of the story from it and then he just walked away from that didn't talk to jeff at least that's what the pdga is saying and um but they had made a statement which i thought was actually big on their part um i that was something that i was looking for them to do and then um i think I don't know, just the whole situation in and of itself. Evan, I cut you off, though. Yeah. Sorry. No, that was very well said. I, I think I agree with everything you're saying. And one other thing I want to add to the uh, – the uh, oh, my goodness. I'm forgetting the name already. But the guy, the guy from the PDGA who called Nico on it, uh, he, he was very calm and collected, as you said, but he was also very confident. Uh, in situations like that where someone kind of gets aggressive and in your face, uh, you could easily see someone kind of actually, like, back away in uh in almost in mm -hmm. fear uh not necessarily uh but just yeah back away in fear and he was very calm while being <sighs> confident still he knew that he called the right thing he was kind of letting it play out and like just almost like being a really good adult figure in uh in this uh scenario yeah. and so again that is that's something hard to do and he did a very good job of that uh, in the pressure situation do you think there are so many avenues to this conversation like for the sport there's so many we could talk a whole show on this that'd be boring but if i break it this way i'm going to set something up that people are going to say is outrageous but some of you may agree do you think pdga europe has been watching the pro tour unfold in the u.s and going that's not how we play over here when someone you know is breaking the rules we call it and they've been watching this all season they've been seeing the storylines right i mean nico's been called a few times by jeff uh, spring and others like hey warning mm -hmm. warning but no one's ever gone as far as saying okay we're going to actually give you the penalty i saw mm -hmm. someone out there comment and say like how did 
how did we let it get this far to where we're calling him at the major? And I wanted to respond, and I try not to get into these <laughs> battles online. I wanted to respond and say, how did Nico let it get to this point where in a major overseas that he's still doing it? And here's the crazy part. I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt, but he was called on a warning earlier in the round. I don't know which hole. But like he knows it was called and he still did it. So it's like, yeah. that's totally on Nico. That's not a question to me. And it's never right to act how Nico did. But yeah. that being said, this is not an apologist for Nico. Uh, can I put Juji or Kim on the spot with this? Because they're just sitting there quietly. How do you feel in the moment of competition? Okay. In the moment of competition, have you ever had someone call you on anything? Or have you never been called? I don't think I've been called on anything formally. It's okay. more like early competition. If like my foot or like mm -hmm. I followed through on a putt, they're just like off to the side, like, Hey, be mindful of that. And it's like, okay, cool. Thanks. But not, okay. never necessarily anything that's like, Hey, here's a warning. Okay. So Julie's agreeing. It, so everybody though, whether you have, or you haven't answer this. Cause I know me, I am so competitive inside that on hole 18, after I threw out of bounds, which is what he did. And then I got stroked. I don't have a right to be mad at anybody but me. I get that. But I am going to be very, I'll use the word angry. I don't know how to say it internally. And I'm going to be like, I just want to get in this guy's face and tell him off. Like, I understand where the reaction came from, from Nico. I am not justifying it. But I'm saying, like, given, I don't know how to say it. I can understand and relate to it. I would be very upset inside. Yeah. And I'd probably walk off the course upset after i finish my round i'm not gonna do what he did but i'm just saying like i can relate to that emotion of like you just you're just making my round that much worse you know what i mean yeah. do you agree now, yeah oh i go ahead yeah, sorry. Go ahead. so just real quick i just wanted to play i guess devil's advocate do it um so one of the biggest things that i like I, like i said i don't support what nico did all i'm saying the punishment side there in other sports, I know other sports, whatever. Ooh, we're going there. But <laughs> I've seen I've seen tennis players recently yell at officials, go viral, and everyone in the comments like, yo, this guy's sick. This guy's awesome. But as we go here, is it did they get up in the face like that? And when yes. I when I see they did. They obviously went on tennis, the guy's perched up, but it's more like yelling. Or even basketball. I know basketball is a little different. And was it intimidating, like, or was it saying like you don't, you have to get glasses? Yeah, I, it, I mean, it, because any it, sport, watch, watch I, NBA now, watch baseball. Yeah, if I don't anybody's think he doing should, it, should have been they suspended. They throw their hand in the air and go, "You're out of here." He I, should be fined. I want to, I want to dive into this. Now, That's my goal. Do it, Evan. Say? Do yeah. it, Evan. Yeah, because I'm gonna forget what I'm gonna say in a minute, and say I'm trying it, to. Well, that, that right. my point I'm is, trying, he no, should no, only be fined. So I want to, I want to, I, I. I'll get into that in a second, but I want to kind of go back to what Matt was saying to where like, if you're on hole 18, someone calls you on it. And I want to, I, I want to put a kind of difference to where this is where I'm at mentally with it. I used to play basketball. I was very competitive with it. And I used to love going to the YMCA and playing pickup basketball. I used to love going to outdoor oh parks and playing pickup basketball. Okay. Loved it. I played really low D three college basketball, like really, really, I played for a Bible and stew, but like we still played basketball against other colleges a lot of community colleges stuff like that it was awesome competition was great when i would have more of an intensity when i'm playing pickup basketball because another player on the other team 
is calling me on something. Let's say it's a shooting foul. Let's say it's a travel. Let's say it's a double dribble. It could be any of those things. In my head, I'm potentially thinking either I'm beating this guy by, let's say, one point, and this call is going to help his team get the ball back. So now I'm really intense, and yeah, maybe I want to get in this guy's face because it's a clutch moment. Like, why would you call something right then and there? That's another player that I'm playing against. When I played basketball for school, whether it was middle school, high school, or college, um, if, if a ref called me on something, even if I... <laughs> Did you talk smack about his mom? Even Well, I'm saying, like, <laughs> even if I went up to the guy's face and said, that's a horrible call, there's no way that was a traveling, there's no way that was a shooting foul, guess what didn't happen? The call never got overturned. Right, good point. It was a waste of time. It's like NBA players right now. One of the biggest issues with the Celtics in the postseason was them complaining to the <sighs> refs constantly. And guess how many calls got overturned? It doesn't matter if you get in the guy's face. You're talking about an NBA player who's six foot ten. You got a ref who's maybe six two, six four, maybe, and they look like midgets compared to the NBA players. It doesn't matter. You're, the call's not getting overturned. That official is there, that referee, the umpire, whatever. They're there to call the rules of the game. Now, do they mess up? Absolutely. Do not get me wrong. Like, they mess up all the time. But an official came up to Nico and called it. Now, I'm not commending the situation. I'm not saying if a player called Nico on it, Nico has all the right to go up in that player's face. It's a different story. <laughs> if it's a player, it's not. He What he did was wrong. And I'm just going to say that flat out. What Nico did, the way he handled it, was wrong would you be even having um, this conversation if paul did that like would we be like oh you know what like just give paul grace he's never done this before yeah, no it, it wouldn't change for me i'd be like I, dude. I think he'd get way more grace in well, my opinion see okay wow. i'm gonna i and people are gonna say this because paul's true. our best friend people say that about that tom is, brady too yeah i mean so i i want to kind of answer that it's such a what if question and the true. only reason that i'm gonna say i don't like that question is because <laughs> you're also talking about Let's say Paul has never done this before. No, I, I can't think of a time where a, a player has gone up in an official's face in disc golf, but Nico is known for taking a long time. This is why players struggle with calling other players on foot faults, yeah. time violations, anything like that, because a situation like this just happened. Now, what if that is another player? Say it's uh, Chandler Kramer was the reason why we saw this whole thing unfold because Chandler Kramer was playing <laughs> an incredible <laughs> round two. Wait, okay, he wait, was did Evan tweet that? Was that you? Evan, I was trying to I'm say. pretty sure. I'm pretty no, sure no, Evan no. tweeted someone saying that. Someone tweeted like, that. It, this would. Sorry, this is literally it, me, this, guys. No, no, That's what I'm but someone. I thought someone. Okay, tweeted, I posted stop. it to our group Evan, chat. Go ahead. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I was. I, DGN pulled uh, a camera off of a different card to pull it onto Chandler Kramer's card, which had Nicola Castro. Chandler Kramer had an incredibly good round, worked his way up to lead card. So I, I just said, hey, this goofy blonde guy who wears gym shorts, who only throws forehands, uh, is the reason why we saw this. And oh, that was you? I thought yes. it was someone else. Yeah. Uh, and, no, and, it was and he responded to you. Funny, funny enough, Chandler Kramer got on Twitter to reply to that and said, that hey, you. I am the goofy uh, blonde guy. He embraces it. Dude, that's <laughs> it what, what I was going to mention. That's crazy. I didn't know that was you. Oh, yeah. Evan, you're I was going to mention that. But I saw that. Yeah, anyways, like... <laughs> That's the only reason why we see this. I don't think that this gets the same kind of notoriety. The outcome from the PDGA might like would have still been the same. He still, if he gets suspended, it could still be the same. But the outcry from the fans, the kind of huge moment it was, is only because of Chandler Kramer playing so well. But well, I, and to that point, and live disc golf, this would not. Yep. What happens if we go back five years ago, eight years ago? And you literally just heard or you saw on a scoreboard that DQ'd Nico and someone goes, oh, he was calling time violation and he got upset. 
Yeah, and this, this would all be blow away. Production. Exactly. It was like fourth card, right? It would all blow over in the sense of oh, it's neat. Question: okay. Do you guys not think that people would whip out their cell phones as quick as they could to record that if they saw it? Though? So did anybody? So do funny. That? That's 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 honestly, yeah, a ton of people did that. Like one of the main videos that I've watched was cell phone coverage of it. It wasn't going back to the DGN. It was cell phone coverage of like the original because people are also taking videos to see. I also for the chat. I turned my gain down a little bit. You guys said I was loud. I tried so to I fix you on this down. side too. Okay, if it's still too loud, someone please say it, it Jeff. Good. I know you were saying it earlier. Anyways, um, plus, I'm, conversation's awesome. I want to get hyped up, you know? <laughs> but um, anyways, people, no matter what, are video. It's Nicola Castro. Some For some of these um, spectators out there, Nico is their favorite player. And yeah. so they're videotaping every single move, True. every single True. shot. It could be a five-foot putt on hole 17 or 18. They are still videoing it. And so four or five years ago, believe me, like I have a video on my old iPhone of Paul McBeth throwing hole one at Maple Hill. You know what I mean? And that was before there was a ton of cameras around because I wanted to watch that. I wanted to replay that. I wanted to study form, whatever. But like more than likely, four or five years ago, still everyone was taking videos with their cell phones. It doesn't matter if it was on live or not. More than likely, when you're talking about Nico, who is third or fourth card at this point, you're talking the tournament with not even an argument of the biggest gallery ever seen in disc golf. Someone is videoing it. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter. It, it could have been the dude in 78th place. Someone might be videoing every single shot. It was groundbreaking 18. in a sense. And I messaged Mo, the producer of the disc golf network and said, Hey, good job putting that out there. I feel like we need to have these moments where we aren't picking and choosing like what makes it out there. It's like good, bad, ugly, whatever. Like it's a story, mm -hmm. get it out there. I thought that was fantastic. Um, I think there's more to be discussed here, but I don't want to, I, I want you to know we're thinking about this other things. Like, should there be a timer? Remember, was it Gannon on our show? Who's like, I think it's stupid. I think we should get rid of the timer. Yeah. It sounds self-serving for someone like him, but that's a real conversation. It's not in golf. Like golf doesn't have it. I think you could manage the pace of play rule much better than 30 seconds. But that being said, it is a rule. When does the timer start? Real question. Did, did Nico know the timer started? Um, I would assume so. So the the way, and we've talked about this, we actually kind of did talk about it at champions cup at the player meeting. Cause there was the rule about, you know, what can you move in your stance and your run up and stuff like that. And then time violation also came up into the conversation and it's pretty much like Nico had thrown out of bounds. He established with his card mates where he had thrown out of bounds and he had put a mini down at that point. He has established his lie. You know, like he, he has established with the card. Everyone is good. They said, this is where you went out. He put down his mini, which establishes the lie. And then from then on, the timer is ticking now. So Nico could walk, you know, 50 feet away, use a Bushnell, look at the scoreboard and say, okay, the Bushnell, or excuse me, the massive scoreboard sign is 360 feet away. Now go back to his bag, look for three different discs. Okay. Now the wind's picking up. His timer has already started. What, you know what, what is I mean? the rule? What is the rule, by the way? Because people in the chat are saying a bunch of funky things about the rule. The I'm rule, as sure I understand it, it was changed this year, right? It, it, I'm kind of pretty sure it's when you establish now. your lie. Which, yeah, what does that mean? Is, is and using a rangefinder establishing your lie? When the playing field is clear, free and clear, meaning nobody's in the way or an animal's not in the way, like up near the basket. So, but then it's, yeah, but once it's you address your lie, but like... I guess that's pretty easy to do. Like once you address your lie, it means probably, and I say probably, see, there's the gray area. You've let, you've set your mini down, you've approached your lie, you've planted your foot and you're looking at it. Like it definitely starts. I don't know what the clock said. Did anybody zoom in on that? It didn't look good enough. Like, is that like a no. minute 25 no or was it like, 
38, you know, like it's a big deal, but yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, I don't know. I want to bring it back real quick to yes. Ben's point about like, comparing it to other sports. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Talk about Nick. Kiro Jury. That's the test player I was talking Kyrgios. about. Yeah. I, I don't know that. And the all. chat said, oh, I love that guy. Okay. But hold on. <laughs> ben said, I think he should be fined. That's it. What do you think? Well, fine. yeah. So a I good, just, a good sum. Sorry, yeah. Lay, lay down the ground rules too is like sports are different not like you can't compare across sport lines necessarily like we look at uh hockey where in play you're allowed to fight people as much as you want essentially you get a five minute penalty but that's kind of part of the game you just you play the next game there's no suspension it's it's encouraged almost yeah uh and then you get to baseball where like if you have a brawl like it's not really a big deal you're gonna get suspensions for a couple games um but it's like there's nothing looked against a player for it it just kind of is part of the game but there still is a small repercussion uh and then you get to other sports where it's just like it's flat out not accepted like i think in the nba i mean <laughs> we saw what happened at uh uh the malice at the palace but with ron artest that was obviously with this uh going into the fans but like other sports throwing a punch would be like uh, that would be a huge 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 issue and of course nico didn't throw a punch it was just uh words and kind of stances and almost an intimidating factor but you can't compare that across different sports i mean we look at baseball where managers get up into the uh, ump's face and are yelling um but it also it doesn't it had a different feel anyway so even if you are comparing it it didn't feel the same this one felt a little bit different like he was actively like up like angry at the official it didn't seem like a hey i didn't like that call it's like hey i really do not like you right now like don't even look at me like you're not a part of this which he is a part of that just as much of an umpire is it it felt different anyway so even if you compare it across <laughs> lines but it's you can't compare it to baseball you can't compare it to tennis i don't know tennis well maybe it is similar but i still don't think you can compare it to that i'm if we got to compare it to disc golf and i was just gonna say i'm okay with disc golf sport. being different i'm okay yeah. with that I, I think if we start taking it to fines and everything else, I think that we're going to have to change disc golf's organization of how the, the player union, all that kind of stuff. I feel like you'd have to get further into it, but this is the rule. I just found it. And tell me if there's any gray areas here, a player has taken excessive time. If they are present, first of all, and have not thrown within 30 seconds, that's the base. If you're present and haven't thrown, but when do you, when does your timer start after the previous player has thrown Okay, so they throw, and after you have had a reasonable amount of time, that reasonable word is crazy, <laughs> to arrive at and determine the lie, to arrive at and determine the lie. So it's not necessarily like I'm addressing my lie. It's like you've determined that's my lie. It's right there. They threw. I'm aware that's my lie, and I've had reasonable time to determine that, which, again, reasonable can be a gray area. Uh, and it says after your next in order of throwing and during which the playing area is clear. That was my other point. It doesn't start if the playing area is not clear. Yeah. And then it says if you if you take the excessive time, you receive a warning violation for the first one. A player who takes excessive time after having been warned for it during the round receives one penalty throw. Um, but this is funny. This is why I was laughing. I'm sorry when Evan was talking. A player may request extra time from the group to take a bathroom break. If the player does not return in a reasonable amount of time, the player is considered missing from the hole, da-da-da. But what I'm laughing about here is Nico could just be like, look at his lie, and be like, okay, got to go to the bathroom, you know, and run off and, like, think well, about his throw and then, like, run back and throw a shot. Years, years ago, Johnny McRae called Paul Macbeth on taking too much time when he had to go use a restroom. So, yeah. I mean, like... Players get called on this. Uh, a lot of what I'm reading, and I'm trying to read through the chat. And the chat's going kind off. of blowing up right now, which is great. Um, there's a lot to talk about, I guess, with what the chat is talking about. They were about, all here for wanna... New England women's disc golf, and they stuck around. 
Yeah, I want to kind of just kind of like hit on a couple different points. Um, I'm not a top 10 player in the world, not a top 20, top 30, anything like that. But I have played Pro Tour events and I've played with a lot of phenomenal Pro Tour players. And a lot of what I'm seeing is like everyone takes a ton of time to, to be honest. Like I have purposely timed people not to call them on it, but I'm curious. Of like I've actually timed myself before of like I set my bag down. I put my phone on. I put a timer. I go up to my lie. I do what I got to do. Like 30 seconds is, and this is this is for me personally. This doesn't have to be how it is for your game. 30 seconds to Ganon is too short of a time. 30 seconds for me is too long of a time. There's very rarely any opportunity except windy, windy conditions or like if I'm in a really crappy spot. But like, I know I don't come close to 30 seconds. A lot of players who I've also played with do not come close to 30 seconds. A lot of people hover around the 15 to 23 second mark. That's just kind of what I've seen. And so I don't want to like people in the chat who are saying like every single player takes longer. Like I've, I've played with a lot of them and a majority of them I can say do not. I haven't played with too many people who do take a really long time on their shots. I've played behind Nico and Philo at GMC last year and our card actually had to call them or kind of like let them know like, Hey, you guys are taking way too much time on some of your shots. Like we, you know, clock someone in at a minute and 38 seconds. And this yeah. is just like, this is just an ongoing occurrence with Nico. It is something that has been said consistently throughout the last few months, at least, and even like years on end to this point of the time violation aspect of it. And we're kind of seeing it more now as more cameras are getting into disc golf and different players are coming up on the and scene. Like we were having this, we were having this conversation about Ganon Brer. Cameras can actually be used to determine uh, the actions yep. of somebody during a round, yep. whether they were intimidating and the or the PDGA did say that. Yeah. yeah. The PDGA did say that in their statement that the video evidence is something that they can use yeah. for this situation. Comparing it to other, I didn't really get to talk about this, but comparing it to other sports is kind of a touchy subject. Every single sport is different. You cannot compare disc golf to hockey, where in hockey you can fight a dude and get a five-minute penalty. Now, if you fight the dude more than once or you fight another person more than once, I'm pretty sure then you get kicked out of the game. Um, if you do yeah. two, is it two yes, or three two fights? Majors. Major okay. penalties. So, um, kind of going on to the kind of going on to the tennis situation. I do remember a video of Kyrgios got called in a footfall on one of his serves. Same thing. He went up to the umpire i don't know what they call them then the Not official sure. i don't really know what they call the line the judge, main guy. the official or main yeah. guy Perched one or the other yeah he was kind of like yelling towards him he didn't get up in his face he didn't walk up the tower thing get up into the dude's face and the guy same thing actually handled it really in a calm and collective manner um and just kind of said like no you foot faulted whatever like the call isn't going to get overturned the situation with nico is not what we see in a lot of other sports. Like he went up to the official and just got straight into his face in the NBA. If you do that, you get a technical. If you do that twice, you get two technicals and guess what? At that point you're thrown out of the game and not fined or I, suspended for the next couple yeah. games. You're just, I, I'll say this. I'll say this. If a suspension comes about with this, I don't know if I could determine how long or how short of a suspension it would need. The P I do not think at all. Nico should be fined. The PDGA, I'm just going to say that straight up. All right. That's your answer to Ben. The PDGA, in my opinion, is in a very interesting spot where they need to make a statement. Unfortunately, I think Nico, I say unfortunately, Nico, it's his own fault for getting to where he is. But it's at a place where, have we not been crying out that the PDGA, oh, no one's making calls on any of this stuff. We hear people do time violations. Everyone gets warning. No one's going to do it. Even Jeff Spring, he makes the warning call. He follows the car, but nobody's calling it. Oh, our sport is getting into a bad place with the rules. No one will call it. We need rules officials, right? They go off on this whole tangent. And I'm going to say that I believe, 
and this isn't just me thinking it up. I, I'm not going to say names, but I've been talking to people, and the PDGA is feeling pressure on those conversations surrounding rules and not being enforced that they're actually putting their foot down. I think that's literally what's happening. You're going to start to see it a lot more because there's been an outcry. The rules are a joke. So now they're going to go, well, the rules that we have, guess what? We're going to start enforcing them. And I think, and I know Own's not on here anymore, but I think that's even a little bit of what happened with Own is it's going to start, the foot's going to start or the hammer's going to start coming down on every rule violation. And people are going to be like, oh, these rules are serious. I'm not saying whether I like that or not, but I'm saying that's where we've gotten to that rules have been kind of become a joke. And I think that's yeah. what we're going to start to see more often. Can, can I just mention one more thing? Yes. So, like I said, I'm not on Nico's side at all. I think what he did was was Nico. Not, not good. In my head, I think the PDGA is going to suspend him for like a year. So that's why, or like six months. I feel like he, they're going to give him a super long suspension that he doesn't deserve. I'm fine with like maybe a two-week, two-event suspension, and then he kind of recollects He doesn't himself. deserve it because it's sports, Ben? Or he doesn't deserve it because like... No, he doesn't deserve it because I know he got up in the face and, and all that, but um, I don't think... He, he didn't throw a punch. He didn't do anything. And I, I my whole argument is other sports, you get up in the referee's face, it's not that big a deal. Even people promote it. Let sometimes. me ask you this, though. And we're just about done here. We've done a whole 30 or 40 But I'm not on Nico's side, by the way. But, <laughs> but I'm not. But here's what this I... This is the I, one time where I could talk about this for like I an know, hour, to I be know. honest. But here's, here's what I want to say. Like, there's no way... Do we want that to be the, the look of our sport? It's live. We're getting on ESPN, and that happens on ESPN. What happens to our sport? In all seriousness, I know that when... Uh, I want to go back to like Drew Gibson or whoever. I'm just throwing out names. Sorry, Drew. Like anybody. Uh, I had a guy at work watch it on ESPN one night, sitting there at the bar or whatever, and he's never seen disc golf. He knows I'm into disc golf, and he's watching it. And guess what he says to me the next day? This was last year. He goes, wow, I was watching this one guy. There's a bunch of whiny babies out there. They throw OB and, or whatever, and like they kick their mini and like throw their disc in their bag. And I'm like, it looks like we are like in a weird way. It doesn't look a competitive thing. It looks like I'm whining. Hey, I'll say I'm a soccer fan. I get that all the time. I think right? we over-exaggerate all these new sports with whiny babies, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, soccer I, gets I, it a lot. I, yeah, I'm going to turn around on your your friend. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but like, I kind of want to be like, come on, really? Like, you really think so? But look at it. But look at it from an objective point of view. When Paul misses his line and, uh, you know, like, uh, it, looks, it looks more like, not like, oh, man, like, I didn't throw that right. It looks like, oh, uh, like something came out wrong. And I'm not making fun of Paul. It's just like, that's how I feel like the perspective is. And long story short, everyone competes differently. But my point, all I'm saying is Nico doing that, is that what we want our sport to look like? No. So does the PDJ need to make a statement and say, we never want that to happen again, ever? But I feel like they're going to take it too far. That's all I'm saying. I feel like they might, they're probably going to suspend. It feels like they did it to Bradley Williams 18 so months, one, which was insane. One yeah, but one tournament, two tournaments. Uh, anyways, I, like People, I said. Chad's so, saying rest so, of the majors. I think these are all good <gasps> solutions, but I don't think it should be something like so crazy because uh, of just like, I and I know he went back to the referee to get back in his face, which is even worse. But I'm all I'm saying is yeah. it, it, different in any other sport, it's like, I know that's a, and you, you guys are saying it's a bad take, but I think it's, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, it's just like, he got up in his face. This is the first said, time I've seen the chat ever disagree said, with Ben. He said a way. few words to the guy, and I think the sponsor drops, like, fair game. 
I'm just talking about the PGA or DGPT. I they say have ten thousand dollar fine. Give it to him. No. He'll learn from that. That's Boom. worse. That's going to sink him worse than some events off. I, yeah. I think. Yeah, I, I I don't think like disc golf's still not at a point right now to where like the the re, one of the main reasons why and people keep bringing this up. I'm going to hash this really quick. The Bradley Williams suspension was 18 months, so to say. It ended up not even being anywhere close to 18 months. His suspension was retracted. I'm pretty sure because of the kind of support that a lot of players had towards it um in the sense of like pdga is wrong for suspending a guy but not releasing a statement on why he's suspended for such a long time there's a huge ordeal with it i'm pretty sure what was it 2017 or 2018 and he kicked over a basket a temporary basket on a course after being ticked off that it spit out on him or something like that he didn't get up in an official's face and it didn't make it on live, on live coverage yeah all that exactly like i'm pretty sure it was a local b or a tier i, I i'm not saying that what he did was right at all i'm not we, saying, we all that keep at all. saying that but we're spinning it exactly um now i'm trying to think what else i was gonna say so, oh i don't think i don't think he should get fined just because Okay, let's say, let's say this is the first offense. Let's option. say this is Nico. You can take six let's say games this is off. Nico, that's or, a good. That's a good. Well, well let's say I like that. let's say this is Nico Lacastro's first ever suspension with the PDGA, which I'm I'm sure honestly it probably is the first. Uh, not I'm sorry, his first disqualification from a tournament. He hasn't been suspended. I misspoke right there. But let's say he does get suspended. This is a first time offense, and I I don't think it warrants. A massive like ten thousand dollars, I think, is way too much on it. I just to be made honest. that up. I, I was heated <laughs> yeah. in the moment. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm just saying, like, I, I don't think it warrants. It, it potentially warrants a suspension. I could agree with it on that. I I don't think two years. I think that's way too long. I think if you say the rest of the 2022 season, Nico Lacastro is not allowed to play a PDGA tournament. I could see that happening. Yeah, I'm good with um, three to six months. I think yeah, that's a fair. That's where I fall. But and I think and, and to be honest, three, that's three pretty is much fair. six. Yeah, and then, let that's Evan get much, in his last word. Oh yeah, I, I was going to wrap it up if you don't have anything else to say. But if you're going up, <laughs> Nick, no, all, all right, oh, right yeah. Kim, Kim has something oh, to say. I have ahead. something I wanted to say. Um, so for those who don't know, my day job is a therapist, and I'm oh, licensed social licensed 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 social. Are you free after the show? Yes, I will bill you later. My whole thing is that like you as humans like we cannot control our emotional response but we are responsible for our first action after that emotion and so the fact in my hope is that if in this time off that he's able to kind of like slow down that reaction time and kind of get that under a little bit of control and it's it's honestly probably good i'm hopeful that other people will do some self-reflection and kind of see that in themselves and work on themselves through that so nothing like this happens so you're kind of confirming what i said i was like i'm gonna get really angry like i would feel yeah. that emotion oh yeah you're allowed to be angry <laughs> but then i'm gonna not do what he did i'm gonna right. walk off the course upset right interesting thank you for sharing that yeah That's are you fine or suspension team fine or suspension <laughs> Ooh. i think i'm more team suspension versus Ooh, team fine. Right. i guess i'm the Dude, only fine guy i'm team choice Give them like yeah, you pay you this much or you miss this many tournaments. Ooh, I like that. I like that's. I think that's that's a good compromise that I can agree with. That is interesting. And I want to say, from the perspective of Kim, now now that I know she's a therapist, I got to be careful how I spin <laughs> these things. But but I want to say, like Nico has the had the opportunity, and he still does, as I said earlier, he still has an opportunity to do good things with this. But in the moment, I think I got this from Overthrow. They always get a little shout out on here because they're in the chat. Thanks for holding it down. Um, they said something along the lines of like, dude, Nico, you could have handled this in the moment by getting angry, making your next action to Kim's point, something that's not aggressive like that. 
and then go into the post round and be like, hey, DGN, I'd love to do an interview. And then go in there and call out and say everything that you felt like is unjust. I feel like they're only calling me out. I feel like all these things. Uh, I'm really upset by this. And guess what? He's going to get a larger following from that. You know what I mean? But that was just the way he, he didn't handle it that way. So anyways, right. that's what I said. I'll wrap it up with this. The last time in a major that an MPO player was in the top 10 and then had a DNF, not a disqualification. It could have been injury related or just could not finish the round for whatever reason. So not comparing it to what just happened here, but was at the 2015 Aussie Open. And it was actually by UC Maresma. Uh, he uh, was in the top 10, I think it was seventh place after the second round, fortunately could not finish, had two DNFs uh, and did not finish the tournament. Hmm. But for seven- some other reason, I think it was heat exhaustion. I could be wrong <laughs> about that, but I'm pretty sure it was over hundred degrees I mean, out there when they were playing that tournament. I Everyone just were melting out there. It was wild. Hmm. I don't doubt that. Yeah. Everyone was asking to get Nico on the show. There's a few things that would have to come together uh, for that to work. Let me just say, first of all, as we wrap up this show, episode 100 is next. I am away for the next two weeks, but we're, we're going to try. I don't know, Nick, Ben, uh, Evan is going to be out there at D glow with you. We might try to pull something off. We might get Eagle in. We're not sure, but Nico would be great as well. Nico might be open to it. Maybe he won't. I don't know, but we're going to put it out there. Better believe we're going to try. But man, we could go on forever of this topic. There's still so much, but we appreciate all the chat out there. We didn't even scratch the surface with this. Maybe we can come up with more topics for a future week uh, related to these scenarios, not necessarily Nico, but just the sport in general. Um, any closing thoughts I, from anybody? I, Go ahead, Nick. I have some massive closing fl- thoughts, actually. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Let's get into it again. Man, you're not leaving Ready? from Michigan no, until... No, 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 no. no. <laughs> just, just wait, just wait, just wait. Ready? We cannot let this situation take away from the absolutely insane battle between Paul McBeth and Eagle McMahon. That was some of the most lo- fun live disc golf I've ever watched in my life. Huge shout-out to Eagle McMahon taking down that tournament. We didn't even talk about the tournament really at all in the sense of like <laughs> all the amazing things that happened when it came to actual tournament play join league between night the first tomorrow and the second night player. Night. yeah so check it out on league night tuesday night because tomorrow it's night. something that like I, I i just want to close it out with this that that might have been one of the most insane tournaments i've ever watched from start to finish There's so Eagle many and things Paul played it. on the same card every single round i don't think any of us picked eagle to win this tournament i don't think any of us picked him to be in the top three so for him to come out and to average, what was it? 1074 or 1076, yep, something 1074 like that on the dot 1074 rating to come out of the sermon. I, the whole no forehanding thing. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's super impressive, but you're also talking about one of the best players in the world. Um, Trevor Staub had a tweet. I th- I'm pretty sure it was Trevor from foundation. And he was saying, look at your local pro and then look at the best local pro and then look at a touring pro and just see the difference in skill right there. And then look at Paul McBeth and Eagle McMahon and those two. And, and, and I put them higher than Ricky. And I think Ricky is the number three person to where when all three of them are playing their best, I don't think there's a single player in the world who is better. Their ceiling is way higher than anyone else in the whole world. Um, Paul was, I think, what, over 90% circle one X putting. I think he mixed one circle one putt and hole 10 the final round, which was a big putt to miss. I think it was circle one. Um, Eagle, I think has probably the smoothest putt in the world. And when his putts go in, it, it's just a good looking putt. Like he is casual about it. Insane. He's an insane putter. Like Ricky is an incredible putter, 
But some of the putts that go in for Ricky, just uh oh, hot take. Ricky oh, turned them off. Man, the Ricky, Ricky was listening. Look at that, <laughs> gone. Nick is gone. There we go. Oh, he's back. Wait, am I oh, back? Nick's back. Okay, that's literally the worst frame for me to freeze yeah. on. I was looking at that and I was like, man, I am ugly right now. So, anyways, I'll I'll close it out with that, and then shout out to Paige Pierce and Evelina. Wait, that we didn't crazy. hear you, Evelina, Ricky. We didn't even get to talk about We're this either. We're gonna have to do like, a whole other episode with that yeah. talk because you're right. But you, I will you could say, literally look at yeah, you could you could look at all the people that Evelina beat on the MPO side with yeah. her 1028 yeah. rated round two. Yeah, Ricky Wasaki, Adam Hammes, Simon Lazat, Calvin Heimberg, Jeremy Cole. It's incredible. It just, it's incredible. And you're also from, talking about from the same one of the best. Just yeah, just yeah from the same layout, same tees, same baskets. All right. Yeah. We are going to do another episode, but in all seriousness, if you need more of this talk right. this week, League Night on DGN, I do another show over there, and we're going to break down more of how the actual play and the amazingness of what happened. As Nick said, we didn't get to it tonight. We packed in a lot, Own Scoggins, as well as New England Women's Disc Golf. We got to the Nico talk. Uh, we didn't even do stat or fiction or anything else. We're going to have to push all this stuff. It's how, how about a 60-second rundown? I got a bunch of stats about the other people. Do, do it this? as the closeout, 60-second closeout. All right, here we go. So uh, Kevin Jones gets a second podium of the of his career in third place. Niklas Antila, his best finish ever at an Elite Series of Major, gets fourth. First finished player to finish top five in an MPO Major since 2019. Uh, Chandler Kramer makes his first lead card ever at an elite series major his first lead card ever at a uh tour uh, tour stop for silvers included was last weekend at pcs Sula. he does it for the last two rounds here gets a top five his best elite series major uh finish ever we mentioned evelina salonen having the killer round two um uh cat merch gets her first lead card at a major ever her first lead at a major ever she finishes in fifth and kona panis had a tough year she gets sixth at a major incredible Wow. Thank you, Statmando. Actually, I mean, thank you, Evan. Also, hey, Big Germ had an ace. Yeah. Big Germ had an ace. <laughs> Witness to himself. So in you will not miss Evan on the show much, but this is, is one of his last times in studio. He's moving out of state, Nick, just like you. It's just something that happens. Massachusetts is too cold, bro. Actually, he's, no, moving, he's moving colder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he's moving just a little we'll, bit north. We'll still hear him and it's see just his across face. The, uh, just, the border into New Hampshire. We just won't have the pleasure of spitting across the table at each other. <laughs> all right. All of that being said, thank you very much for staying in studio. I know we didn't participate a lot, but you did provide very valuable input. And uh, Nick, go ahead and close it out. All right, Juju just said it in the chat, but don't forget to donate to your local Women's Globals events going on in the near future. Um, super awesome initiative that the New England Women's Disc Golf is kind of taking up here. It's super awesome to see not being around there anymore. So shout out to them. Shout out to any of the women in your local area making things better for the other women. Um, thank you for tuning in tonight on this awesome Monday night. I wish we could talk more for once. I am kind of like <laughs> just wanting to keep talking. I could probably talk for another hour at Bring least before I get car. really tired. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I'll call into the show. Um, or I'll, I'll go live as I'm driving and everyone can just hear me rant for the next nine hours. But anyways, uh, thank you everyone for tuning in tonight. Don't forget to hit the like button. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Thank you for our sponsors for making this work out for us. And then thank you to the chat tonight. You guys have been incredible. Um, so we really, really appreciate that. Tell someone you love them this week. We'll catch you in the next one. That's right. Ben, Kim, Juji, Evan, you guys are awesome. Peace out. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. 
Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.